some of my goblins. Truly, Master. And is your heart black and full of hate? Black as midnight, black as pitch, blacker than the foulest witch. That is why I have called you here. Since I must remain in darkness, you shall be my eyes and ears. You do me great honor, Lord. Something troubles me. I feel a presence in the forest. A force I had mercifully almost forgotten. Must be dread indeed to trouble you, Lordship. Looking upon these frail creatures, one would not think that they could contain such power. One could rule the universe with it. You must find them for me and destroy them. Listening to the Buzzed Kill Podcast. I am the devil, and I am here to do the devil's work. It is episode 86. Welcome back to the Buzzed Kill Podcast, the only show that brings all your fantasies to life, no matter how exotic. Oh. Yeah. <laughs> okay. James's phone number is 586. <laughs> Balls in your mouth. <laughs> oh my! That's too many numbers. I'm Jim. I'm Justin. And uh, joining us in the hot seat, Tank. Yeah. <laughs> What's up, Tank? <laughs> Tank. What's going on? He uh, he managed to weasel his way back onto our show. Mm-hmm. I did because he still has my sled. <laughs> it was a, it was a diabolical plan. <laughs> can you say that he slid right in? Yes. <laughs> and uh, he's like, I was like, can I get that sled back, man? He's like, I don't know. Can I come on the show? I just, I had no choice. So you were on, uh, if you had the sled, it would have been in the winter. Was it around Christmas? Was it after that? <clears throat> I don't know. I just, I, re- I just remembered what episode, uh, he was on the, uh, uh, uh the Kiwi. Uh, yeah. Oh, when we watched... Dead Alive and, is that what it was? Yeah. What the Deathgasm. Hell? Deathgasm. Deathgasm. Yep. That's it. Bunch of death. Mm-hmm. Lots of glorious and gasms mm. <laughs> and dildo kills <laughs> can't forget about the dildo kills so what's up um, boys not a whole lot how what's are you gentlemen doing very very well Good. well what's been going on with you not a whole lot this is a, a decently exciting week though yeah and i gotta pull up my thing here so somebody else talk for a moment i see that you still don't have your car back is that i don't have my car back mm. no um Turns out it was my radiator again. It got replaced last year, uh, July, so it hasn't even been a year. So hopefully it's warranty work and whatever. But anyway, uh, the reason that it's an exciting week, uh, on the heels of two episodes ago, talking about Jack the Ripper, yeah, we're talking about real-life serial killers and whatnot. And uh, we have some homegrown serial killers. <clears throat> you about that... to talk about the California? Oh, my God. Oh, dude, this yeah. is a mess it's, up. It's very exciting to me. So there is a, uh, is back not, in the I, 70s and the 80s. It's not exciting. This is... No, it's exciting to me. I don't care. <laughs> I don't care. <laughs> a lot of people dead. I don't care. Real people. I don't care. Um, <laughs> there was a killer called the Golden State Killer. that, uh, And he was uh, he terrorized California throughout the 70s. Like, I think it was like 75 to 85, something like that. Um, I think he has uh, he has like 13 murders to his name, like... Forty some rapes, like it was just, it yeah, just like a, hundreds of home invasions, something, something like that. Yeah, like Man, he, was, he was just killing it. They called him. <laughs> 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 
They call it, well, here, they call them uh, the Golden State Serial Killer, mm-hmm. the East Area Rapist, and the original the, Night, the the original or- night Stalker. I know, right? Which is pretty it's the, it, pretty He's the crazy. originator of one of the coolest, like, killer names ever. Like, I don't mean to make light of this, because I understand people died or whatever, <laughs> but but it's, it's, it's exciting for the same reason that, like, studying, like we said before, like, Bundy or Ripper or any of these cases, like, sure. it's, it's like... Uh, it's legendary at this point. Yeah. You know, even though this is still ongoing, it's like almost legendary. So to watch this come to fruition is yeah. kind of exciting. And uh, they arrested a 72-year-old ex-cop yeah. 40 years after they closed the case. A couple years ago, it got reopened, and they made an arrest. And yeah. it's, it's crazy. And so, so they think That's he nuts. was. They think that he was doing like carrying out all these rapes and these murders while he was an active duty mm-hmm. police officer. Yeah, it's not so. Cra- they like that's 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 like I wouldn't be surprised if that gets turned into a movie yeah oh yeah, yeah. I mean, this is this is like this is like just as big as them finally like, figuring out who the zodiac killer was yeah was their movie <laughs> maniac <laughs> cop what maniac cop um but yeah it's just it's just kind of a cool thing i saw this news today and i'm like oh my god no yeah. shit i didn't i didn't have time to completely look it up but i i saw just like a short um news story about mm-hmm. it earlier and apparently um I might be I might be wrong about this because like I said I didn't get time to look it up but Patton Oswald's uh, wife who passed away a couple uh-huh. years ago she actually like wrote a book about it or something about oh, really? the Golden State yeah and was really? and was really involved with like trying to figure out who it was and so he posted a video that said um, I forget his wife's name I think it was uh, Michelle or something like that but he said uh, like he's just talking to the camera and he's like, "This, this is amazing!" Like Michelle, you finally got him, and because I, I think so she a was lot like of, an integral. I part think of a the lot case. of her research had to do with them reopening them it. reopening the case and stuff. Very like cool. That. Very so cool. pretty wild. It's um. There's a what was what was the the guy that jumped out of the uh that held the plane hijack uh hijacked the plane got a bunch of money and then jumped out of the back with the parachute and they never found oh, him again. Oh shit! What's I his remember. name? Yeah. <laughs> are you talking about? <laughs> they found like a piece of the parachute. Yeah, or something. yeah. I think, found... I think you're talking about Bane. <laughs> you just described the beginning. It's pretty much exactly what it was. Uh no. Uh Dillinger. Dillinger. John Dillinger. No, 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 no. no it wasn't Dillinger. Isn't that what happened with no. him though? He no. Um. Oh no. Um. Uh, shit. It was it, it's oh a uh, it's gonna kill me it, his it, not, not BD, BD oh yeah um uh, fuck DB Cooper DB Cooper DB Cooper DB Cooper, Cooper. 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 but that ain't fun <laughs> get in the pit and try to love so boy yeah see that's why you know a kid rock song there you go. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> thank, you. Thank, thank you, Richie. Disregard me saying John Dillinger. That was one of the dumbest things I've ever said. Nah, no, John, it's not. John you Dillinger was an old time, old timey uh, gangster. That's why. No, I... it's a grindcore band. Or something. Oh, the Dillinger, the Dillinger escape escape band. <laughs> <laughs> They're not even grindcore. Fuck. <laughs> but um, anyway, though, I just thought this was, this whole thing was just cool though, because yeah, rarely ever do you yeah. get to see that stuff kind of come to an end. Well, you know, and didn't, like, didn't it come to? Uh, didn't it all come to a head because they f- because of like. Uh, DNA that was left behind at one of yeah, the scenes. I think it was something and like, like that. now yeah, we have was. such advanced um, yep. new technology. DNA yeah, like techniques yeah. allowed them to. That's crazy, crazy isn't yeah, it? Yeah, it's super crazy. So, so wild. And the dude just lives in a suburb in Sacramento. Like, yeah, like he's just there, never yeah. left. Guys, probably thinking I got away with this. Like right, I, right. <laughs> fuck you, coppers. Like, I mean, do you think like how, and who knows like how long he stayed active? There might be more than I'm thirteen sh- bodies right. out sure there. there you know, I'm sure it's freaky stuff. They played some really creepy audio. Did you hear that? No. No. It's audio of him taunting one of his victims, a woman, and he's just whispering. It's super creepy. He's like, I'm going to kill you. I'm going to kill you. And on her uh, 
Where, voicemail or whatever. I, I don't know how that I've heard that before. I've heard yeah. that before. Yeah. That was it. Oh, that's, yeah. Super I didn't, creepy. I, don't, I didn't put the two and two together, but Super shit. creepy. That's yeah. so scary. Wow. Oh. Well, creepy. Um, anyway, yeah. So that's so that's the kind of stuff that gets Mike excited. <laughs> <laughs> what can I say? Uh, anybody else got guy. anything cool going on? No, that's pretty much it. My week's been good. Yeah, good. But it's, it's a good week. Your uh, your EP dropped. To My EP today dropped today or yesterday? Yeah, uh, yesterday. And uh, I, it, of course, it sounds great. But I got to give a, a shout out to the the architect, the architect. here, man. It sounds Aww, thanks, uh, man. like I said. I told you earlier. I, it was the first time I listened to it in my car today, and it sounds. Mwah. Mm. I concur. It I'm not really parroting you. Well, I had mentioned a couple weeks ago that when the album did drop, that I was going to use my platform to uh, pimp myself out. So I think at the end of the uh, end of the episode, maybe uh, put a track on for. <laughs> yeah, right. Little, little self-indulgent, Mike. Never mind. So we'll we'll let you know when you can turn the podcast off, so that you don't have to listen to that bullshit. Fine, everybody can just go pay five dollars. It's for really it. good, dude. It's yeah, really yeah, good. Yeah, it sounds, sounds Mike's, awesome. Mike's band actually inspired me to write a butt rock song. It's so good. I, I wrote and finished a butt rock song. Uh, Is I that the one that you showed me last I, week? I finished it though, and I finished the vocals and did the drums today for did it. Did you so have to I'm, play I'm it for excited, us at a break so or something? Cool. I was like, man, he's got my my Nickelback coming out of me. <laughs> you know, like, uh, I hope that's not what comes out of you for me. <laughs> no, but I was really excited. Not really Nickelbackish, but I, I could never scream as a vocalist. I've always had that pop punky, you know clean sounding voice and and i was just trying to do these like, like layer these screams and gang vocals and i was like i'll just i'll fake it and make it sound all right and then finally one came out and i was like wait wait, wait that, that was a good scream let me try that again and i figured out how to do it i had some low growls and some high ones and did it was mike, did it mike, was cool did mike teach you the uh over the pencil trick or i taught him that no, you didn't. <laughs> no, you taught us that. <laughs> you no, you did. Yeah, you, actually, you taught I didn't me teach that. You that. I, well, I didn't you, actually, even before you mentioned, it, I read yeah. up on her a, a long time ago uh, about her uh, teaching ways. The the Zen art of screaming yeah. chick. Mm. You remember our, uh, Steve Mashinsky, who we used to play with yeah. in, in our band? He mm-hmm. actually went and took private lessons from her. Oh, really? Yeah. Oh, no way. This uh, is that when he was saying for Shy Hood? He was. Uh, yeah, I think they actually sent him specifically because he was he was coming in to do vocals gotcha, and then gotcha. they, and then they moved him to bass even though he doesn't play bass <laughs> yeah that whole thing was weird yeah it was it was wild uh yeah anyway so that's it so very cool um cool all right let's uh let's get into some corrections let's do it stupid you're so stupid all right uh james what do you got oh jeez <laughs> you son of a bitch <laughs> um all right so last week i was wondering if they ever made uh, the Killing Joke mm-hmm. into a movie. They did. They made an animated version of The Killing Joke back in 2016. Way back in 2016. Way back. Way back <laughs> when. Um, anything else? Uh, yeah, I just wondered uh, what branch... We were we were talking about Arlie Ermey passing away. Mm-hmm. We wondered what branch of the military he, he was in. He was in the United States Marine Corps. He was a staff sergeant and an honorary gunnery sergeant. Uh, and during his tenure in the U.S. Marine Corps, he served as a drill instructor, which uh, is that why I said that. That, yep. that brings in like why he was so damn good at it in Full Metal Jacket. Yep, gotcha. Okay, uh, so what I got is uh, we mentioned something about Australia and their missing persons, and we were curious if uh, Australia has like a big missing persons issue, which is why it's kind of on the tip of everyone's tongue, especially in a lot of horror movies. And I couldn't find exact numbers about um, like, like too exact, but take this uh, for what it's worth. 
Um, in Australia, every 15 minutes, a person goes missing. The uh, general population of Australia is 38, or is is, uh, is 24 million people, mm -hmm. and yearly they have 38,000 missing persons. Wow. Now take that compared to the United States that has 325 million. We only have, for all that many more people, we mm -hmm. only have 90,000 wow. missing persons. That's crazy. So it does seem like there might be a little bit of a correlation well, they, there. I, I guess, now that I'm thinking about it, they you do hear, uh, I, I think you, they I think they even mention it in um, uh, Wolf Creek. Uh -huh. Like they say something about, well, be careful in the outback because that's, you know, people, people, go, go. people go out and they don't come back because yeah. it's just, it's, that's, that's mad country, you know, it's, it, you're dealing with poisonous snakes exactly and like everything can crazy kill you there. crazy heat and dingoes. Yeah, you, you can get lost there's dingoes that eat your baby <laughs> that was yearly mm -hmm. so that's over uh, a half percent of their population a year <laughs> is that what that becomes then i guess that's just um, that's that's what i looked up so so, so if they if they stopped reproducing how long would it take to if they stopped reproducing it would take uh 200 years for their entire their entire population. Not if the animals figured it out, though, because every single animal there can kill you. So all it, all it takes is them all to get on the same page. They can wipe them out in like what a week. Doesn't matter. Maybe if they, it doesn't mean they can keep producing because the dingo will eat the babies. <laughs> I saw a video the other day, and it was a dude. Uh, so the video just opens up with this guy's holding his cell phone camera mm -hmm. pointed down at his leg, and then you see the tail end of a like a massive snake hanging out of his pant leg. And then he's like, he's it's an Australian guy, and he's like, so I was just, I was, I'm not gonna do the accent. But he's he's saying I was just sitting here working on the car or something. I was just sitting here working on the car, working on the old lorry, <laughs> and uh, he he managed to feel it as it was crawling up his pant leg toward his nuts, and he took um, a set of vice grips and and uh, like cinched his pants and then vice gripped his pants so the snake couldn't go up anymore. And then he's just sitting there and he's like counting down. He's like, all right, I'm going to get this bugger out of here on the count of three. He's like, one, two, three, and just goes, ah! And pulls it out and fucking throws it and then gets up and runs away. But it, it's like a poisonous snake. Oh like a Fuck that. And it crawled up. Oh, my God. Can you imagine that? It'd be the scariest shit ever. They have yeah. the huntsman spiders. Those things are oh my God. Oh yeah. massive. Dude, they're so huge. There's, they're completely harmless, though. Yeah, that's the weird thing. They're kind of, when you watch them move, like people, <laughs> people keep them as pets. Mm -hmm. And when you actually, like, I hate spiders more than anything in the world but when you watch them move after a while the way they move like so low profile and it's it's almost kind of like awesome yeah and sort of and they they kind of have cute the, faces the for a spider arachnids they really are they're like they they like they when we oh no it was uh we were we were recording in new york uh back when i was when i was in search the city and we were worried about, like, we decided to camp instead of staying in a hotel because it was cheaper. And we were always talking about, like, spiders and stuff like that. And so we decided to just, every time we saw a huge spider crawling across the ground, we would sing, uh, like, the Michigan, Mission Impossible thing. <laughs> and it made it funny. And then I wasn't scared of the spiders anymore. <laughs> well, there you go. Tip to, tip to get rid of your arachnophobia. <laughs> anyway, um, sorry. Veered off there for a while. Yeah, moving on. Um, turns out Alexander Graham Bell did not invent the American crocodile. Oh, he did I was totally off. <laughs> Uh, it didn't turns, sound right when you said it, that. It turns out he invented the telephone. Who knew? And what was the original name for that? 
for what? The, the telephone? Telefone! Telefone! Because you said his original name for the crocodile was Crocodile. The Crocodile. I don't know. Maybe his original name for the telephone was American Crocodile. Oh, oh, oh that's where he got, right. where he got messed up. This is all hold, hold so stupid the, the that American we're going to... The American Crocodile's ring. <laughs> all right. <laughs> Anything um, else? Yeah, uh, We Are the Flesh is the name of that Mexican movie that I could not think of. That's totally fucked up. You know, if you like brother-sister blowjob scenes and dripping period juice into your brother's mouth. Mm. You know, if you're into that kind of thing. Mm. Indeed yeah, I do. Know. Spoilers. <laughs> <laughs> that's that's like a, That sounds like a good Friday night. <laughs> It was. <laughs> Gross. <laughs> All right. Uh, did you have something that you wanted to bring up? Uh, no. No? Okay. <laughs> well, yeah, it's no. fine. We're, it's, I, I misread something on the uh, the beer package last week, and I got confused about it. I said the uh, the Bel Air system, and I for the, for the Liberator, the original batch brewed on the Bel Air system, and I thought it was like some sort of uh, different uh, like a, like like brewing a, process. Yeah. But it was just... The place is in Bel Air. Yeah, Bel Air, Michigan. Yep. Gotcha. So yeah, that's, well, that's it. it. So that uh, it? That's all. Okay. what are we what are we doing this week, James? All right, so we have a lot of beer this week. Um, uh, we're talking about. We decided because we got our brother Tank here again, and he's. Uh, if you listen to the last episode, you know he's into D and D and fantasy. I'm and a stuff fucking like nerd, yeah, James. I'm just saying, <laughs> just a big old nerd. And so we decided to do fantasy genre movies this this week. So we did um, Legend mm. from uh, 1985. Yep. And uh, Pan's Labyrinth from 2006. Two absolutely incredible movies. <clears throat> so, yeah. <laughs> one, one, one definitely <laughs> one. <laughs> is much better than the other. But uh, uh, So we, we have two different beers, one for each of the movies, and then I, I brought just another special little treat just because I saw it today and I brought it and I figured I would bring it on to share with you fine fellas because I love go. you so much. So, Sweet man. So the first beer we've got tonight is uh, Anti-Hero India Pale Ale from Revolution Brewing. Yep. Now this one's going to go uh, along with Pan's Labyrinth. Um, you want to explain why? Um, it's a kind of a shitty explanation. Um, <laughs> I tried to find something Labyrinth-themed, but uh, struck out. But this had like a Emperor... Captain Dictator kind of looking dude on it. It's got a guy on it who is wearing a uniform that looks a lot like the uniform of Captain Vidal in Pan's Labyrinth. So we'll post a picture of it. Maybe. Maybe not. Part of the Falange. Part of the what? The Falange. I believe that's how you pronounce it. Well, Falange depends on. Oh, like the. That was the name of the. I guess the organization he was head of or part of. I tried to read up on that, and I'm just... It was confusing. Like, pol- like political systems and stuff are yeah. just so confusing to me that I, I just kind of gave up on it. I was like, okay, they're fascists. What's a fascist? <laughs> I kind of still don't Spanish. understand it. Um, so this is Anti-Hero from uh, Revolution. Revolution Brewing. and uh, Did we somehow end up with two Revolution Brewing beers tonight? Was, and, the, and was that by accident? Yeah. Is the one that I grabbed Revolution as well? I think so. I think yeah. it is. Chicago, well, right? I'll be damned. Yeah, it <laughs> is. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> That's cool. Um, so this is uh, Anti-Hero India Pale Ale. Our flagship IPA is supremely aromatic, crisp, and drinkable. This iconic ale features a blend of Citra, Crystal, Centennial, and Chinook to create a crisp, clean bitterness and imparts massive floral and citrus aromas. The Warrior Hop, that's cool, is also used to add additional bitterness to the brew. An American Hop Assault for 
all the ambivalent warriors who get the girl in the end. Hmm. Look, I ain't in this for your revolution, and I'm not in it for you, princess. What's that from? I have no idea. Well, it's, it's in quotes, so it must Pan's be Pan's Labyrinth. That's <laughs> right. That's actually a direct quote from Pan's Labyrinth. <laughs> Nailed it. <laughs> now, did we drink this on the show once before? I don't believe so. I, the anti-hero? Man, I, it just Looks seems familiar. so familiar. Maybe I, maybe I just had a bottle of it somewhere at... Yeah, I don't think so. I've always seen this in stores whenever I was buying the other stuff. Right. I've always seen it, and I was saving it for... Because it's a, it's a good... Maybe, that, maybe that's all it is. You know, I've uh, seen it on the shelf and go, man, that'd be a good uh, you know, episode. Very well could be. Did I'm you a, say that there was Chinook in this? Chinook, yeah. I remember Chinook you saying like, that word like before. The fish? I don't know. It's the, Chinook, Chinook hops. The, there's a Chinook salmon. Yeah. So this would be funny if there was just fish. Just like a nice, like chunks of salmon. <laughs> um, Sorry, Jay. I'm, I'm about to, I'm about to uh, decimate all of our, our, uh, our nerd credibility here. Oh. Because that quote. Look, I ain't in this for your revolution. I'm I'm not in it for you, princess. Oh, wait, wait, um, wait. Oh, it's Star Wars. Yeah. Yeah. Star Wars, it's episode four. Up, yeah. A New Hope. In all Ouch. fairness, never seen it. <laughs> <laughs> yes, that's... Uh, well, My credibility yeah, still stands. That's when he's packing up his money at the very end, and he's not joining the... Uh, oh, the, sorry. The... Battle of the Death Star right. at the very end. Yep. Well, yeah. it, it, it probably it probably doesn't help that my delivery sucked. Like, if I would have said it properly, then you might have... You know, just off on tone. With, yeah, exactly. <laughs> All right, so let's give this a try. This All is right, uh, anti-hero. Cheers. You can't really cheers cans very well. Yeah. How do we get glass bottles all of a sudden? Cling, cling, cling. Oh, it's, it's very hoppy. Ooh, quite hoppy. Oh, yeah. I'm going to... Hip, hip hop? Hip, I'm going to pour mine. Anonymous? I'm going to pour mine into my little uh, Ooh, there you go. sampler glass here. That is the cutest goddamn glass. <laughs> I, I like that. Isn't it? All right, so uh, so it's very hot. Oh, here, hold on. Jay's taking a picture of me with me. Is that a small glass, or do you have giant hands? (laughs) (laughs) That man's got huge hands. Um, All right. uh, Not to get off topic, I watched this documentary about Andre the Giant the other day Uh, on HBO. Did you watch that? Um, Man, that looks so good. The show, the shot of him with a beer can in his hand, and it is ridiculous. It looks like. It looks like a giant holding like a tiny little like those half cans that, that like Bud Light used to have. Yeah, uh-huh. it looks like one of those. Well, you can still get uh, paw. like it's you can still get crazy. Pop, pop cans like that. Like can you? Uh, yeah, like yeah, Coke, the Coke mini and ones. Squirt and stuff like that. Yeah, I just thought it was crazy. It reminded me of that the tiny glass. <laughs> to tangent off your tangent, tangent to tangent off your tangent. Um, there's a, a David Tell joke where he says. Um, do I have a, a tiny penis or just gigantic legs? <laughs> <laughs> uh, whatever happened to David Tell? He's still around. He's put out a few. Is he really? He's sober miss, now. Dude, he's so fucking funny. I know. I miss his late night show that was on was yes. that MTV or Insomnia. 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 Yeah, yeah, yeah. It was so good. So good. Skanks um, for the Memories, top top five comedy album of Skanks all time. Skanks for the Memories? Yeah, his his it's so good. I gotta I've never listened to that. Oh, do yourself a I'm one this uh, this episode is going to be titled "Tangent for My Tangent" because <laughs> Tan- tangent tangent squared. Now tangent is a math thing, mm. and it's squared. That's got to be something there. This, this is another tangent. You're going <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> <laughs> All right, let's get back on track here. So uh, I think it's time for the bleed feed. All right, uh, so we have a couple, uh, a couple of deaths to get to real quick here. Again? Um, yeah, Come on. yeah. The hits keep on coming. Uh, rest in peace to Pamela uh, Gidley. Uh, she played Teresa Banks on Twin Peaks. Oh, okay. I, I don't know if it was if it was the original Twin Peaks or the side thing that they did. Uh, there was like another series, I think, because there's like a 
colon and like a miniseries name for it. Um, um, I would need. I'm not a big Twin Peaks guy, so Car- I don't. Carney would probably be the guy yeah, to ask about so this, this might one. Might be might be a correction <clears throat> for that, but uh, yeah, she played uh, Teresa Banks in Twin Peaks. Uh, she was 52 years old. She also was in the movie Thrashing. Which, oh, uh, dude, Thrashing? Yeah, she played the lead, I think, in Thrashing. That's what we watched last time I was getting tattooed. You yes, remember it was. that? Yep. What a great... That's a, like a, an old skateboarding movie. Mm-hmm. Have, you, have you ever seen it? No. You ever seen Thrashing, Jay? No. Fantastic. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. The have skateboarder you, one. Yeah. yeah. Do, yeah, do yourself... A, it took like a minute. A, do yourself a, a documentary. It's no, like a, it's just a... She just doesn't a, shred. She doesn't thrash. <laughs> the best no. way to describe it is it's totally rad. It is super <laughs> radical, <laughs> tubular. Uh, she was also in a movie called Highway to Hell, and then a whole bunch of other movies in her career. But uh, uh, any cause of death? Uh, nope, didn't say in the article. But mm. uh, I said 52 years old, so Jeez. I'm assuming something happened. Probably illness is my guess. Right. Which makes sense when someone dies. But <laughs> yeah. you know, I, that young though is either an accident or maybe cancer or something like that. Right. I'm not going to Why? say that. There's a ton of things that it could be drugs or sure. alcohol or whatever. Sure. Uh, the other other death we have this week is a hard one um it hit me especially hard um rest in peace to ash versus the uh, evil dead yeah that's a bummer man. well not just ash versus evil dead don't put salt in my wounds <laughs> i'm going to i have to we got to talk about it well he says we'll get there okay uh so ash versus evil dead was canceled this week we got the final nail in the in the in the coffin mm-hmm. and uh there is as soon as that news went up there was a huge fan um uh, outcry outcry for Netflix to pick up the series and there there's petitions going on the whole deal and less than 24 hours after that all went up Bruce Campbell took the Twitter and said I'm retiring as Ash so he will not even if Netflix picked it back up it doesn't sound like he would have anything to do with it um which is super shitty <laughs> that's a that, that was like I'm I'm not even like the super fan that you are of Evil Dead like I love the Evil Dead movies but uh but seeing him like definitively say, "I yeah. will not play Ash again," was like really tough. To he see. actually put up uh, like following that. He actually put up a um, a post on uh, his social media, and I'm going to read it for you because sure. give the man his props. Um, good people, Evil Dead fans everywhere, I bid you a heartfelt farewell. Playing Ash, the character I took acting lessons with for 39 years. I'm hereby retiring from that portrayal. It's time. I followed Ash from his formative years through his midlife crisis and decline. What a thrill, what a privilege. We had a great resurgence with the help of stars. Kudos, not jeers, folks. Uh, They made it possible for 15 more hours of evil deadness in your life, the equivalent of 10 more features. Is Ash dead? Never. Ash is much more a concept as a person. It is as much a concept as a person. Uh, where there's evil in this world, there must be one to counter man or woman. It matters not. Thanks for watching. Love, Bruce. Now, I take a couple things away from that. Mm-hmm. Is Ash dead? Never. Ash lives on another people, man or woman. Mm-hmm. Does this mean that f- maybe we might finally get a sequel to the amazing remake Remake that we got? That would uh, be fantastic. Yeah, I mean, but that wasn't Ash. <clears throat> no, but it's... Here's, you know, the, here's the thing, like, to me... But his spirit lives on in sure, Mia, though, yeah. I guess is the point. And to me, to me, if, like, if you want to continue continue with that, uh, that franchise, like the reboot franchise, that's awesome. Go ahead. Mm-hmm. Don't bring Ash into it, though. Oh no! Um, well, no, no, and and never like it's you know you know when they retire a number uh, like in in sports. the professional sports uh, world, like that's it. He's retiring Ash. Don't ever try and mm-hmm. remake Ash. Like that would that would just ruin it. And I don't think they would, which is the whole reason that they did what they did with the remake. Right. You know they were very smart about it. Like they basically remade that movie without Ash, and he didn't care because right. it was a really good movie. <laughs> yep. 
So I can see where he's coming from. I mean, it's cool that they did the, you know, they did the series. Mm-hmm. What is it? Three seasons. Yep. I mean, that's a lot of content. Like he said, you know, and I mean, what is he going to do? Ten seasons of being Ash? Yes. I mean, I wouldn't be opposed to it, but... Are they all the way through the third season? Uh, the Sunday is the is the finale. Okay. And it looks like there's some gnarly practical effects in it, so oh, I'm very cool. excited nice. about it. Um, now, he, they did say that up until the time where they got the cancellation, they were working on a season four, and oh, this would have... This would have propelled Ash into the future, Whoa. like into the crazy, like the alternate ending of Army of Darkness future, where he's in like post-apocalyptic, like London. Yeah, it basically would have picked up there, oh, damn. and that so it's like really it cool. bums me out yeah. so much that we're not getting that. Yeah. You know, um, maybe you know what though? Who knows? Maybe graphic novels will pick it up. Maybe somebody say, will um, write it. That seems to be the yeah. new trend now. So mm-hmm. I'd be all about that. Yeah, for sure. Um, they could they could continue the show on Netflix with the other people in the show. Well, they did. I did see uh, a headline. I didn't read it earlier, but uh, I did see a headline that said, "Could could Ash vs Evil Dead continue without Ash?" Yeah, uh, I, I think I, sure. I mean, I mean, obviously, the title would be like maybe you'd have to do a spinoff or something. You, you just call the spinoff "The Book of the Dead" or something like that. You sure. Know? Go back to the original title of the original movie. Yeah, for sure. But. Um, yeah, so that's that's sad. That's that's the the biggest death of the year, in my opinion. We did have another death. Oh, we did on Saturday. Uh, Vern Troyer. Vern Troyer. Oh, yeah, I forgot about Austin that. Powers, mm-hmm. forty nine years old. I just looked over him. Yeah, it sounds like uh, <laughs> Michael. Come on. <laughs> <laughs> it sounds like uh, it sounds like he's he's spun out of control. Like he's been known he's he's been known to have uh, uh, a short like, temper. <laughs> 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 oh my god! Oh, geez. Okay, uh, no, he he's had like drug and alcohol problems yeah, for was, a long time. He was time on like celebrity and, rehab or something, yeah, right? Or yeah. one of those. Well, he did shows. that. Uh, he did that show just for a little bit of time. Oh, <laughs> <Jeez>. uh, <laughs> I just. All right, let's not talk about his shortcomings here. Um, no, he we did are the worst people ever. Yeah, whatever. He did the. Uh, it was called like the surreal life. Yeah, the surreal or, life. Yeah, yeah you're right. Where it was just like a bunch of washed up actors. And, 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 uh, he yeah. peed on the couch. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. That's what I remember about it. That's and then, the show where Flav, Flav, Flav like banged Bridget Nielsen, right? Yeah. Was that the, oh, yeah, and then they yeah. got their own spinoff. Jeez, yeah. what a mess that was. Yeah, but yeah, the the uh, the coroner said that he had a high uh, content of alcohol in his system, so they're treating it as a possible suicide well they said it was uh it was three times the legal limit which for a a guy that small i can't like he used to drink like a fish on that show though yeah so i'm sure it still didn't take as much but right right well well, he also alcohol percentage he also called the cop like he called the cops or called 911 drunk saying that he was suicidal oh like the the day before so who knows what really happened i'm sure they'll come out with details sooner or later super sad though yeah that that sucks Right. Um, let's see here. Um, speaking of, we were talking about the Wolf Creek movies. Greg Greg McLean has said uh, publicly that Wolf Creek Three will absolutely happen. Okay. Uh, they're doing uh, just released in Australia. They released season two of the TV show, and so they're going to finish <laughs> doing that. That comes out in October, I think, here. But then uh, after that, they just need to find the time. But he, uh, they're doing it. So now I wonder if uh, I wonder if the third one will continue from where like are you do you need to see the show in order to continue with that the third i have no one? idea i've not seen the show but um i want to i mean so. between the first and set you could watch wolf creek 2 without ever watching wolf creek 1 sure uh because you get you get the gist of who um mctaylor is pretty mm-hmm. quickly 
Yeah. You don't really need to know what happened in the first one, even though the first one's awesome, so you should watch well, it like anyway. any Friday the 13th movie, too, though. You yeah, don't necessarily, sure. you know, whatever. Yeah. Um, what else we got here? Oh, Phantom trailer dropped, boys. The what? Oh, the Venom. Venom. We, I thought you said I've, Phantom. I was like, I, I don't know been, what that is. I've been talking about this Venom movie for weeks and weeks and weeks, how excited I was. And I've been saying from the get-go, they need to do the effects the way the original Spawn effects looked. Yes, and I'm like, because it looks, it looks like those like symbiote straps would like come over, and it looks so good. And I'm watching the trailer, and I will be damned if it doesn't <laughs> look like the original Spawn stuff. No, let me. I'm so happy. Let me hit on something you just said. You said symbiote, and yeah. I've always said symbiote too. But uh, Jenny Slade is that her name? Yeah, Jennifer Slade. Uh, she, she she keeps symbiote. Symbiote. I've I, heard it, I've heard it both ways. Okay, I've, I've heard. Ho- it. I like when I heard that it. I was like, what the? Heck? She says it twice in the trailer. I'm like, ugh. That sounds stupid, but I've always just known it. Like, everybody I know who talks about Venom always says symbiote. I want to say in the old Spider-Man cartoons, they said symbiote. Did they? I think so. Yeah. Um, I Who knows, though? You can probably say both ways and it doesn't really matter. Yeah, I'm sure. It's just like... like it's symbiote a... sounds more like the like scientific term, probably. Is, and it, it it, to, me, to me, that sounds more like somebody who's reading the word and is reading it way too... Like, they're sounding it out way too phonetically. Yeah. Like the be. way you do with people's names. <laughs> <laughs> My never symbiote. screws up words or names. Come on. <laughs> I, I got nothing. No, but uh, the trailer looks awesome. Dude, Tom Hardy. Like, we talk about people. We talk about um, people from, like, England and Australia and people, like, who do American accents. Mm-hmm. He not only does a flawless American accent, but in this one he's got some, like, weird sort of... New York, New Yorker uh, twang and almost like a um, there's almost parts where he's got sort of what sounds like a like a bit of a speech impediment. Yeah, he um my my one problem I think with this movie is that he sounds kind of whiny when he talks for he's... for a big for a for a dude that looks as imposing as Tom Hardy does his a- accent that he's doing is like, it's a little bit whiny. I don't think that I'm not sure that the the accent matches up with like the character very well. That's well, my one well, you criticism have, of it. You have to have a... Ju- like, yes, he is very big and imposing, but you have to have a ju- juxtaposition between his personality and the personality and of Venom. Which so, leads me to believe, though, was Tom Hardy necessarily the right person to cast for the role? Yes. What's Topher Grace doing? Let's get him back, <laughs> you know? Done. Let's Done. <laughs> there was Eddie Brock is a 120-pound guy. <laughs> I mean, that's established. In well, the, uh... Or in the comics, though, he was also like a jock football player. Right. So it's like you could go either or. Tom Hardy's neither. It's yeah. kind of a different. I mean, he's still a, um, like a news reporter or whatever. Like that's or a journalist. That's uh, inline canon. But like, I don't know. I, I I'm not quite sure. There's parts in the trailer where he says certain things that remind me of a little bit of like Joe Rogan. Uh, like especially when the part where he's talking, tell, like he says some people are good at sneaking around and blah blah blah, and then he like peeks around the corner at Jenny Slade and he says, "You suck at it." <laughs> I was like, that, that was a totally Joe Rogan thing to say. But. Uh, I've been listening to his podcast a lot lately. That's yeah. probably why it came up. Probably. probably. <laughs> um, all right, moving on. Uh, J.A. Uh, Boyana confirms that Jurassic Par- uh, Jurassic World Fallen Kingdom will have more practical dinos than yeah. any Jurassic Park sequel yet. Any Jurassic Park sequel? Yes, yeah, so not more than the original, but right. any sequel that's come after, this one will have the most. Right on. Which is very exciting. Yeah, cool. Um, 
that's all I got for that. Uh, there's a seventh Tremors movie already being planned. Yes. <laughs> Dude, <laughs> just keep excited. piling them on. I can't. I, I'm. I've loved all of them so far. No matter how cheesy they get, mm-hmm. just keep. Doing I agree. It. Now the new the this the ser- movie series though still will have nothing to do with Kevin Bacon and Bill Ward's. Uh, not Bill Ward. Uh, no, Bill Ward's the bass player. Fred Ward. Of, Fred Ward. Yeah. Bill Ward's the <laughs> bass player of uh, Black Sabbath, I think. <laughs> oh, jeez. <laughs> Bill Ward. A little different. Um, or the drummer, maybe. I don't know. But uh, anyway, yeah. So the movies will have nothing to do with the new TV show. They're but Mike, kind of Michael doing their own thing. will be coming back, though. Yep. Okay. Yep. Michael as, long as, he, as long as he keeps Jamie coming Kennedy, back. Yeah. Which I'm totally okay with. Yep. Um, moving on. Uh, Neil Bloomkamp started a crowdfunding effort for his new movie, Firebase, which is one of those Oats shorts. Oh, yeah. Uh, <laughs> that has been canceled yep. already. They canceled the crowdfunding uh, basically because they didn't raise enough money to do anything with, which is ironic because the whole idea of this was they did not put, they had a goal in mind, but the whole idea was whatever money they raise, that's what the budget was. And they were going to make a movie based on that budget. And I, they I, didn't even get enough to do anything with. I heard so. somebody say that he's like, he's like, if we if we make enough money to make a cat video, then we'll do. That's what we'll do. Well, it turns but, out that's not the case. Well, but it's still like that's. I mean, obviously that's that's hyperbole. Like you, you have to have at least a certain amount of money to make a respectable movie. Sure. And he's not going to just turn out a pile of shit. Because sure. he didn't make a, enough movie, just because it, he promised to make a movie no matter what. No, but so it sucks. It that he must had to have been this. a very small amount of money that they actually did raise. It sucks that they had to do this though on the first time trying. Yeah, like it's well, because like... his, his whole idea was he wanted to basically make an entirely crowd uh, crowd crowd funded studio uh, studio. Yep, and that's a pretty cool idea. Like we're only gonna make movies that are crowd funded, and it just didn't. Mm-hmm. It was it was a cool idea, but yeah. people just like he. Was it was it uh, with Firebase where he pulled? Because a lot of uh, when you back certain things on like Kickstarter and stuff like that, you get physical um, rewards mm-hmm. for the amount of money that you put in. And he basically said, "We're gonna pull any sort of rewards that you might get for uh, for for putting money into this, and we're just gonna channel all of that money into the film." Pretty much, yeah. But people are, I mean, people want stuff. Uh, yeah, I was gonna say people are petty. Mm-hmm. I want a, like a free T-shirt or something if I'm putting if I'm putting shit in. Yep. And so, so they just didn't they didn't show up. Yep. So they uh, they're giving refunds to everything. Everyone's getting their money back. But uh, it's that that first first time out though is pretty much a failure. So mm. it'll be interesting to see where they go from there. He uh, is no longer working on like he's given up all hope for his Alien sequel. So really? who knows what Neil Bloomkamp does next? I've always been a big fan of him, so I'm sure he'll land on his feet. A guy like that always does for sure. But um, all right, uh, you'll be very excited about this. Okay, we're getting a new Doom movie. Ah, <laughs> yeah. I'm sure it's gonna. I'm sure it's gonna be completely is, different. Than and the- it is starring. Dwayne the Rock Johnson. No. <laughs> uh, the movie has not actually been formally announced yet. However, actress Nina Bergman uh, took to her social media basically saying that she just signed all the papers and that she is going to be in the new Doom movie. So probably by next week we'll say that she's no longer in the movie because she spilled the beans about a movie she wasn't supposed to talk about. <laughs> That's just my guess. Um, but apparently Universal is uh, going into production on a new Doom movie. So That's, that's all right with me. That's pretty okay. I'm one of the few people who actually enjoyed the other one. Um, but, um, <laughs> damn it. All right. So uh, we're going to start keeping a collection of your, uh, voice squeaks like we do for Mike oh Stutters. Did you guys so see the super cut? the gay stuff, Mike. <laughs> Did you guys see the super cut of, uh, Jeff Goldblum doing all of his, uh, uh, oh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's oh, like no. four and a half minutes of like, 
every time he makes a weird noise. That's it's awesome. hilarious. It's good. It's good. Um, all right. Before I get to the end of mine, let's go to some Blu-rays with uh, Jew. Blu-ray with Jew Ray. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> that's Jew. right. It's Jew. Jew. Your favorite guy with a nickname that makes ah. no sense. Uh, <laughs> So here we go. A while back we talked about um, Aero Video's release of the cult classic Killer Clowns from Outer Space. Mm -hmm. It was originally set for release uh, last month, but just came out yesterday, April 24th. Um, FYE, for your entertainment, is getting an an exclusive version with a special slipcover only available through them. Uh, By the time you listen to this, it will already be out and gone. Gone, more than likely. (laughs) Have you seen these uh, these slipcovers? They look badass. Oh, they're pretty cool. Yeah, really cool. Oh, such a hassle to turn this iPad around, you guys. <laughs> I love that new art, though, for uh, yeah. Did you... the, the cover. Oh, it's good. Yeah, looks awesome. Yeah. Uh, so anyway, that's that's it for that. It's got all the same... I talked about all the special features and stuff a while back when we were talking about that. So, uh, Australian-based company, Umbrella Entertainment, has been working on bringing the 1984 killer wild boar picture, Razorback, to Blu-ray. Uh, It was originally slated for a late 2017 release, but was pushed back to 2018. There's no exact date on that yet, and the special features are still in development, but it will be a a 4K restoration. The killer, the killer boar movie is just such a big, big release. They had to just delay it. (laughs) (laughs) What the fuck could they possibly be doing to that movie that they need to delay it that much? There was a a hype. There, there was a what was it? There was a they're, new killer. Really hamming up that release. Oh <laughs> yes, Oh, boy. All right. Um, people were just baking for some more <laughs> for, for some more special features. Um, all right. Uh, also on the 2018 release schedule from Umbrella Entertainment is the 1982 Australian uh, film Next of Kin. An unsettling tale set in a rest home from for the elderly where the events chronicled in the diary of Linda's recently deceased mother begin to happen to her in real life. Uh, newly remastered from a 4K scan, Next of Kin received high praise from Quentin Tarantino. So, what does that tell you? He said a horror Tells movie... Tells me that it's hipster as fuck. He said... He said <laughs> Next uh, of Quinn. He said, uh, y- you know, a horror movie unlike any other. It w- has a very, very, uh, you know, unique tone, and the closest equivalent to this tone is, uh, you know, The Shining. Okay? <laughs> I think that was more like a... It was like a half Donald Trump, half just me being an idiot. It actually, it actually sounded kind of like Quinn. It did. Not. It was just, Quinn. Wasn't you just bad. have to say you know a lot and wave your hands around for some reason. I guess he doesn't really talk a lot like that in real life. Um, Tarantino? Yeah, uh, Chris Jordan met him. Because when Chris Jordan used to work at a place called Tom's Video, which was the very mm. first video rental place in the country. Oh. And they recently... I always forget that that's... They recently that closed about five, four or five years ago, something like that. Maybe, See, maybe a little bit less. Ago. Maybe less than that. Three three years ago, we'll yeah, say maybe. something like that. But uh, when word got out that the very first place was closing, Tarantino flew to town and went and bought a bunch of shit and uh chris and chris was talking to him and he's like he's actually just really normal like he just loves talking about movies but like that over exaggerated version of quentin tarantino that everyone sees yeah not not him he's just he like turns <laughs> it on a little bit in yeah. interviews and he, stuff like that he's kind of a chameleon too because have you seen have you seen the clips of him he was on like a i think it was a bet talk show talking about one of his movies and he it's embarrassing like he's <laughs> takes on that accent of like trying i don't know i don't know what you would what you would describe it as 
I'm trying to be politically correct here, but yeah. he's no, just don't like, worry about that. He's like, yeah, you know, it's like, and it's like, whoa, <laughs> yeah. Quentin, what, what's <laughs> happening right now? But it's really embarrassing because it's like he's on a panel and it's an all black panel and it's just him. Yeah. It's like, oh, <laughs> your name's Quentin. <laughs> just act, act like your name. I is like Quentin. Jackie Brown. That's my favorite. <laughs> it's like, whoa, Quentin, come on, man. Uh, all right, uh, last last up here. On June 5th, two IFC films, Devil's Gate and The Midnight Man, will be making their Blu-ray de- debut, courtesy of Scream Factory. Uh, the Midnight Man will also include the original Irish feature film as a bonus feature. Uh, I have, because these are two newer movies, I have the uh, synopsis for both well, of them. Well, Midnight you Man the we've talked about or? already. Yeah. So we don't, I, don't, I wouldn't say you need to give that one, but what's the other one? Okay, uh, Devil's Gate. This movie sure actually, this movie looked pretty cool to me. Um, Amanda Shaw from uh, this from uh, Pretty Little Liars. I don't know what that is. And it's Milo, a TV show. huh? It's yeah. A TV show. Oh, okay. And uh, Milo Ventimiglia from This Is Us. Sean Ashmore from X Men and Jonathan Frakes from Star Trek: The Next Generation star in Devil's Gate, an unnerving edge of your seat thriller. What unholy force lies locked away in this crumbling, booby trapped middle of nowhere farmhouse? Uh, when a woman and her son mysteriously vanish, FBI agent Daria Francis is dispatched to the small town of Devil's Gate, North Dakota, to investigate the number one suspect, religious fanatic Jackson Pritchard, played by Ventimiglia, uh, husband and father of the missing persons. But when Francis and local deputy Colt Salter, Colt Salter, that's quite a name, <laughs> arrive at Pritchard's foreboding property, they discover much more than they bargained for <laughs> lurking in the basement. Unfolding over the course of 24 delirious hours, this head-spinning sci-fi creature feature hits viewers with a bonkers blitzkrieg of genre-bending twists and turns. I have a takeaway from this. Yes. When you're when you're when you're out house hunting, maybe don't move into the house in Devil's Gate. <laughs> <laughs> Just it seems like a bad omen to me. <laughs> yeah. Well, I mean, we have Hell, Michigan. Don't live there. <laughs> I'm sure it's a perfectly lovely place. You don't know. Anybody ever been to Hell? I had yeah. a teacher from Hell. You've been to Hell, Michigan? Mm-hmm. It's just kind of a just sort of dunk lake town. I was gonna mm-hmm. say it's a tiny little town. Isn't yeah. It? I had a drafting teacher that lived in Hell, and he wore really, really awesome. <laughs> Sounds weird. He had really, really awesome tape measure suspenders that he wore every <laughs> oh, day, nice. and a giant beard. God, a drafting awesome. teacher? Yeah. You, had, you took a drafting class? Like three years of drafting. Oh, what? Me too. In high school. Me too. You guys could, you guys could take drafting classes in high <laughs> yeah. school. It's, it's a, AKA drawing lines 101. It'd be really dumb. It'd be like, all right. Draw three perspectives of this yep. can with your drafting equipment. That's weird. So, so, awesome. so it was art. It's pretty engineering, basically. So it was art, yeah. but with like rulers and shit. <laughs> Maybe don't say that to like a mechanical engineer. <laughs> no, we. But I yes, mean, yes, like yes, we. That's, that's exactly what we, it was. we didn't have classes like that up in Bad X. We had like the basic classes, and then the shop. Like the, cow, cow, <laughs> yeah, we had shop cow milking. <laughs> cow milking one hundred and one. <laughs> now what you want to do is get get in there and just grab that teeth. <laughs> Every once in a while, you go one for the bucket, one for me. <laughs> one for the bucket, one for me. Now, if you Watch don't your go, eyes now. <laughs> if you don't go one for me, I ain't going to give you extra credit, Jim. So uh, let's see you get in there, Flick. <laughs> By the way, get you're... Get that utter butter. You're... <laughs> utter butter. Um, you're a Bad Axe 12. Um, you're a Metro Detroit 11. And you're a Hollywood... Ten point like, five, so like three. Oh, so. are you are you correcting me? <laughs> yeah, yeah, okay. That, I should have put that in the correction. Thanks, man. I appreciate that. Yeah, no problem. I, I just thought of a correction for next week. What? <laughs> <laughs> you're you're a bad X one. You're a, you're a Hollywood negative twelve. All right, we gotta we gotta keep this going here, Jen. 
Gents. You call me just call Jen. Me Jen. <laughs> <laughs> Do you miss her that Let's much? Let's go, like? Jen. <laughs> no, because I still have her car. She needs yeah. to stay away. <laughs> I need her car. Um, all right, cool. Is that, is yeah, that that's, that's it for blues. Yep. All right, last uh, bit of news I have is some Halloween news. All right. Um, finally, officially, John Carpenter is scoring the new Halloween movie. Nice. Not that anybody didn't know that already, but finally, uh, Jason Bloom on Twitter confirmed that he was uh, going to be doing it. And we got our first Halloween teaser poster. Did you guys see this? Of uh, the mask? Yes. Yeah. Uh, what's weird about it is that it's the mask has age marks on it, like wrinkles, yeah. like aging wrinkles. And my, my first thought is, but it's a mask. <clears throat> how does how does the mask age? <laughs> maybe it's supernatural. Um, it's a little it's a little interesting to me. Well, I mean, uh, if it's based out, maybe it's based off of the the 2018 version of <laughs> of. It's not. Uh, it's not. What's his face? What the hell? Why can't I think of his name? Uh, Tyler Man. No, uh, Michael Myers. No, the, the guy who's the Star Trek. Oh, Shatner. 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 Yeah. Oh, yeah. it's based it's a new. Of, it's a new. Uh, it's based off mold. of 2018 Shatner, so it's got the the Could age be. lines and stuff. I just thought it was weird though, or unless who knows, maybe in the movie that's not going to be the mask, and it's just for the teaser. It's showing that it's an older version of Michael Myers. Sure, that could be all it is. But. Well, well, isn't it, it? This is supposed to take place 20 years after the original, right? 40. 40? 40 years. The uh, the the working title for it is actually Halloween H four O. That's the working title. I don't think it's going to be that by the time it's yeah, released. Yeah, I really hope it's not. But I think that, but that's, <laughs> that's a stupid that's name. Tentatively, what they're what they're calling it though, because yeah, it's forty years after the original. Um, see, seventy eight was well, the so that would so. make that would make sense. I mean, a, a a latex mask would degrade over that amount of time. Yeah, no, it's but it's not degrading though. It's actual like crow's feet in his eyes and stuff. Like it's yeah. it's, it's it looks like an actual aging. Lines. Let's just wait and see. Okay. All right. Um, that's all we got, though. Boom! That was the news. I like right. how you say that's all we got. Like we didn't just spend like forty-five know, right? minutes on the news. Yeah, we're uh, we're <laughs> over we're over our time today. So uh, let's take a very quick break. Uh, we'll resume in uh, what, two hours. Yeah. Is that a good good break time? Two hours. Okay. And then and, we'll, uh, uh, <laughs> we'll get lost in the labyrinth. Get lost in the labyrinth and find some tofu. Throughout this, you'll see faces ripped apart with hooks, a man slashing himself into a bloody pulp, and graphic, macabre, torturous images that defy description. It just happened, but it under the bushwhacker thing for some reason. <laughs> That's what feels natural. <laughs> you must have went to the Legends of Wrestling that I'm taking. Are you live reliving the old thing. What's that? What'd you Did say? you just go to the Legends of Wrestling and you're reliving the, reliving the old wrestlers now? They, they were there actually. I think they were there. The bushwhackers were there. Uh, when when did that happen? Oh, the convention last, last weekend. Last weekend. Oh, yeah. right on. Did your sister go? Because I know her uh, her, no, her boyfriend is super into wrestling. So they just went to WrestleMania. So like just, yeah, just just WrestleMania. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So um so this week uh, we uh we're gonna start with the first movie that kind of continues our uh, last week discussion of uh. Oh, he's not Australian. He's Mexican. <laughs> <laughs> Close. <laughs> <laughs> Alright, so Pan's Labyrinth. 
from <laughs> 2006. I'm like, oh my gosh. In the uh, I'm just stay out of this for a minute. In the uh, failing failingest, is that did I say that right? Failingest. I don't know. Uh, like the. We, we, oh, phalang- phalangist. Phalangist. phalangist or phalangist? Phalangist. phalangist? Or phalangist. Either one. I'm not going to say phalangist because it makes it sound like you're talking about fingers, like phalanges. I, th- I think the Spanish <laughs> the pronunciation fi- is phalange. Phalangist. They're in phalangist. the finger party. Spain of 1944. <laughs> the bookish young stepdaughter of a sadistic army officer escapes into an eerie but captivating fantasy world. That's, the, that's probably the most nondescript description I've... I, could have, you could have possibly written for well, this that's movie. Well, the, that's, the that's the good stuff right there, though, because it gives you enough information to get you intrigued, but doesn't give too much to where it, you know, gives up anything could away. Could be like a fantasy world filled with creatures and stuff like that. That would have that would have sucked you in a little bit more, I think. You Mike, know? Just, just saying. Just shut up. Just saying. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so uh, this is a uh, Guillermo del Toro picture. You might know him from a the little hack, hack director. Yeah, hack director. He won a couple of awards somewhere along the way. I don't know. <laughs> and with this film. <laughs> and oh that yeah, what did, did did this actually win Academy Awards? I thought uh, he said a couple Oscars. I think no. Uh, he didn't. Uh, did it win Oscar for best foreign film? I thought. It I did. don't remember if it did or not. Oh, like best uh, um, non or yeah non English speaking film or whatever. The, yeah, yeah. Um, yeah. I know that it was at least it was at least uh, nominated for. I'm not sure if it won. Um, if you've not heard of this movie, uh, turn this this, this show off right now and go watch it because it's this is easily in my top five favorite movies of all time. Is it really? I, oh, I love this movie so much. Yeah, That's I've great. seen it enough times too. Um, it's uh, it's a perfect fairy tale movie in my opinion. You know, yeah. you get it's 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 the perfect blend of that fantasy fairy tale world, but mixed in with the real real world as well. Mm-hmm. And and both sides of the story are told expertly because. Yeah. Del Toro is is a master of his craft. He's alright, and it's um yeah, it's just it's it's an absolutely incredible movie. It's a beautiful movie. the The creature effects are second to none. Oh, like they're the, the fawn is, I think, one of the greatest achievements in practical makeup effects, in well, my opinion. Well, it I, won three Oscars, by the way. It, it did, did. Okay. for what? Best achievement in cinematography, best achievement in art direction, best achievement in makeup. There you go. Yeah. Nice. And it was nominated for a bunch of stuff too. Um. Yeah, well, and also I, Doug Jones, as far as like he's, I think I think him and Javier Botet are probably the two best, uh, like, would you even call it like creature actors in they're, the world they're, in they're, history? I would even say creature actors. They're actors. No, well, obviously they're, they're like... obviously they're actors, but for the most part they play these, uh, these creatures and sure, and, yeah, they're care. I, I would call them character char- actors. Sure, character actors. I mean, a little bit different than your typical character actor, but you know. They bring characters to life, and sure. they're but, actors, so it makes sense to me. Um, but Doug Jones plays the fawn that you were talking mm-hmm. about, and the pale man, and the pale man, which is such a cool. Yeah. This is iconic. I, actually, I think everyone knows the 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 guy with the the the, the eyes, the in, his eyes hands in his hands. And, yeah. I actually, I have to admit, this is my first time ever seeing this movie. I think you said the yeah. same. Yeah. And uh, I I always expected. Just from uh, watching trailers and stuff like that, I always expected the pale man to play a much larger role in it. It's like a five-minute part yeah, of the movie. That's a quick. It's, it's an a awesome quick scene. five minutes, but I I don't know why I just expected it to. to Probably be. because everybody makes such a big deal out of that character, so yeah. you expect them. You expect that character to have more uh, screen time, right? You know. I think I was actually pleasantly surprised all around because I I went into this movie really not knowing much about it at all. Mm-hmm. So I I I kind of pictured something completely different than what it was. 
Yeah, it's. I think that most people look at watch like the trailer for the movie, right? You know, it gives you definitely you know that it's it's Spanish, obviously, and it takes place back in the forties, whatever. But I don't think most people realize how much time is spent in that world. I think a lot of people probably think it's more fantasy based than I, it is. I think that's what it was. I thought it was like I. It's called Pan's Labyrinth, and you see in the in the trailer, you see this little girl traveling around in this crazy fantasy world i thought that it was going to take place mostly in the labyrinth yeah and then but the story outside of the labyrinth is just as captivating as the story it inside the really labyrinth. really is maybe and even more so the most horrific stuff happens oh, in the man. real world the fantasy world is nothing compared to what actually happens at the hands of the real people yeah guillermo del toro uh is so is so good at making th- certain things effective like um it, it, it's funny because he he puts like some he actually does have some like crazy violent stuff in his movies, uh, but he uses it so sparingly. Like I I I still kind of consider him even though he's got some of this, these like really graphic things in his movies. I still consider him for all intents and purposes sort of a wholesome director. Like his well, yeah. movies are still pretty, for the most part, pretty family friendly. But then he'll drop something in in his movies like the uh, the bottle scene in mm-hmm. this one. Where when I saw it, I was just like, "Holy shit!" Like that was one of the most brutal things I've ever seen, and it was in the middle of this like fantasy movie, uh-huh. mm-hmm. and it was so real, and uh, it it like almost takes you out of the fantasy side of the movie, and you're just like, "Holy shit!" That was so brutal. It's... But Guillermo del Toro does it so sparingly in his movies that it's that much more effective. Just well, like, and that's the idea of it, though. Yeah. You know, when it, when it happens, if you have that kind of stuff that happens, like if you put that scene in the middle of a hostile movie. It wouldn't have played. Oh right! It would have been like, oh, okay, here's another. Yeah, cool. Maybe the cool, maybe the scene was cool and it was effective and yeah. and making you wince at it. But other than that, though, it's not as no pun intended hard hitting. Right. Like it's it's, <laughs> it, you know, what I'm saying like and, it's just and another pun, scene and pun intended and a little bit. Well, that's what I'm saying. Like you can watch a movie like Hostel, and we watch those types of movies where it's just like nonstop carnage and violence the whole time. We don't really, we don't even blink an eye at it. Uh-huh. And then you watch this movie, and then something like this happens, which you've seen in tons of other movies, but because it's happening in the midst of sort of uh, all this other just sort of fantastical stuff, yeah, it just hits that much harder. Same with, like, cussing in his movies. He'll drop, every once in a while, he'll drop a motherfucker yeah. <laughs> or something like that, yeah, and you, that's, and that's you don't see it coming, so it's like... They did it in the shape, he did it in the shape of water in yeah. a couple scenes. Yeah, exactly. It's like when you have a friend. I have a few friends who, like, don't cuss a lot. Mm-hmm. So then, when they do, me? it's yeah. is it, is it me? It's this, it's this motherfucking cocksucker right here. No, I, so when it happens, you're like, yes, and that it's, works so well right there. It's funny too that you say that because, and it's funny that you use the word cocksucker because uh, Guillermo del Toro famously cusses like a sailor. Does he really? Um, the, in the movie crypt, uh, Lynch and Green talk about him all the time. And and he's always like, oh, oh, Joe Lynch, that cocksucker, tell that cocksucker that I love him. Like, he's like, it's a cocksucker's like his go-to word. Oh, like, wow. it's, it's really funny when you hear people like, kind of make poke fun of the way he talks. But mm-hmm. apparently that's like how he is. Like, he he's the only guy that I've heard that affectionately uses cocksucker and you want to be called oh. that. Yeah, look at this. Uh, I love this cocksucker yeah, over yeah, here. Yeah, that's me. That's me. Yeah. <laughs> I am the cocksucker over here. <laughs> 
that's my dad's go-to as well, is which it? is funny. Like when he gets pissed, you'll just like if if he's out. Like I can remember when I was younger, if he was out like in the shed working on something every once in a while, you'd just hear him go, "Cocksucker!" <laughs> it's, it's funny too, though, and maybe this isn't really funny, but it's actually I just it dawns on me. It's a really bad slang. It dawns on you. Why? It's really bad slang. Why? Calling calling someone a cocksucker like in a derogatory way is no different than. Yeah, it's it really isn't. I'm just just saying. Well, yeah. I mean, if you're easily offended, then sure. Ah, you penis in your mouth, enjoy your work. <laughs> you enjoy dicks in your mouth, don't you? <laughs> yeah, it's, it's, I, but everything's a, a motherfucker. That's yeah. just that's just as bad. That's a straight I, it's orientation I, appropriation. Or or con, what? It's orientation appropriation. <laughs> I remember when I was in elementary school. You were so proud of that just then. <laughs> when I was in elementary school, I was kind of getting bullied by the guys in the the grade above us, you know, mm-hmm. on the playground. And they they called me a motherfucker. The like the leader dudes, yeah, you motherfucker. I go, yeah, well, you're a father fucker. <laughs> <laughs> he didn't respond to anything. <laughs> and then he and then he brought a knife to school and almost stabbed the guy. <laughs> yeah, different guy. <laughs> I thought there was. Just, I thought the the ending of that story was just they never mess with me again. <laughs> <laughs> Would What's you it? have? <laughs> he called me a father fucker. It's <laughs> crazy. All right. I already know. Uh, <laughs> uh, so that's Pan's Labyrinth. <laughs> that's it. Cool. No, so where do we start on this? Yeah, we, yeah, we really haven't even gotten into the story at all. No. So uh, you basically have this uh, young girl, Ophelia. That's a beautiful name, by it the way. Is. I really oh, like that Ophelia. name. Played by uh, played by Ivana Bakuro, who, uh, if I'm not mistaken, was in a TV show. Yeah, the Shannara Chronicles as well. <laughs> I actually the just Chronicles. I actually just found out about that show like three days ago. I have no idea what it's about. It's uh, it was an MTV um, Game of Thrones for teens. Oh, I see. Ooh, yeah. It's a. I mean. Is it- I was going to say most of the MTV shows are terrible. I'd skip it. <laughs> I'm being honest with you. I don't think it's worth watching. I think there's, if you've never watched like The Wire or something, like, <laughs> if you're prioritizing what, what what to watch, Shannara Chronicles should be pretty low on that hierarchy. Hierarchy. Uh, also starring uh, Sergey Lopez as uh, Captain Vidal. Dude, uh, Cap- El Capitan. El Capitan. <laughs> He's far No, he. Uh, I love it when he beats people's faces with a hammer. Oh, man, uh, so hot. Dude. Now he he I was I was reading that he was uh he's he's mostly known as like a comedic actor. Oh really? Oh, yeah, wow. like people oh, were weird. like people were, like the uh, the production was telling Guillermo del Toro this guy can't pull this character off, and del hmm. Toro is just like I I believe in him. Let's just see what he can do because I I mean he is just so dark, wicked in this movie. See like, you, Jay. Just, where are you going, Jay? Later, man. Where are you going? You getting out of here? I figured you know what's. We're gonna do. You're gonna be gone for 30 seconds, and then we're gonna have to punch in. And I'm, gonna, I'm gonna take 15 minutes trying to figure out what how to do it. I got, I got. You hit the space bar, then you hit it again. Alt and then enter something. something. We're good. F4 X. Yeah. Uh, no, but like for somebody who's mostly known for comedy, mm-hmm. dude, oh, he was haunting. Yeah, like a unreal performance. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, Doug Jones, as we as we mentioned before, playing uh, Fauno. Mm-hmm. Fauno. Fano, 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 El Fano. <laughs> that seems to be a pretty good impression of his voice. Like I, I read, uh, I read that he. So they originally wanted him to uh, learn the because he he really wanted to play this part, but the the whole script is Spanish, you know, mm-hmm. and he doesn't speak Spanish. 
And so they said, we'll just learn it phonetically, which to me, when actors do that, it blows my mind. It's like you don't it's even know. Bela Lugosi did it yeah. in the original Dracula. Uh, and exactly. speak a lick of English. Yeah, you don't even know what you're saying. You're just saying stuff phonetically, which mm -hmm. is amazing to me. But Doug Jones is like, no, I really want to know what I'm saying so I can play the character properly. So he learned, basically learned Spanish for the role. And then they ended up dubbing him anyway. Oh. With a, like a theater actor. Yeah. Oh, but, shit. But he still had to speak the parts in the scene so that really helped the the, the actor not just speak it but he had to understand it too though because he was still playing opposite of Ophelia right exactly so. um, you had uh, Maribel Verdu who played Mercedes Mercedes who uh, ended up being a bigger character towards the uh, second half of the movie she kind of took over as the main I would say the main female lead uh, yeah. towards the end of the, the, end of the everybody movie. did a great job yeah she, yeah. Was, she was amazing too yeah uh, and then you have uh, Alex uh, Alex Angulo What's I think his name? Alex Angulo. Alex Angulo. Yeah, we're gonna sure. go with that. He was uh, Doctor Ferrario. Um, Fer Ferrero. Ferrero. Yeah. Ferrario. And Ferrari. Uh, and uh, <laughs> Doctor Zoom Zoom. <laughs> <laughs> and, uh, and he yeah. was fantastic. Yeah, yeah. He, was, he was really good. Liked him a lot. And uh, Ariadna Gill mm -hmm. played uh, Carmen, who was Ophelia's mother. Yes. Um, now, basically, it, the movie starts off. You you see Ophelia's uh, is headed out. Somewhere like a caravan, she's, right? she's yeah she's with her mother who's very pregnant and uh, obviously kind of sick from the pregnancy yeah and uh, and that plays a big part in in the movie and uh, they're headed out to kind of this uh, what are they, it's a, it's a mill they're headed right? out to the yeah. sticks it's an yeah, it's, it's an old mill where this phalangist I'm gonna call it phalangist because I don't know where this phalangist faction has has set up and they're basically. It's it's kind of a terrible place to set up shop, because they they set up shop with maybe a hundred men, mm -hmm. and they're surrounded on all sides yeah. by forest, and the whole forest is filled with rebels. Yeah, the idea who, was they're going to go out there and they were going to start to control the rebel population, right. And get them get their numbers down. They ra started rationing all the food so that they can't, you know, people had to go through them for everything, and it was it was a it was a power play. Is yeah. all is what it was. Um, you know who I hated was the dude, like the dude who was in charge of uh, the food, because his hat was so stupid. <laughs> <laughs> Trying to picture him. It, it was like that weird, like it was. It was like a weird. It looked like something. Oh, from, I know uh, what you're talking about. It looked like something from Star Star Wars. Yeah, the like new a ones. really bad looking plastic hat with a weird wing on the back. Oh yeah, yeah. What I don't a, know what, what that was. Dumb all looking about. hat. <laughs> it, like, looked, it looked like the guy, the guys that controlled the uh, Death Star thing. Yeah, yeah. pulling the switches. Wouldn't yep. that be a bummer if you were part of this uh, Phalangus <laughs> faction and yeah. everybody else has sweet looking hats and then you have to wear this stupid plastic <laughs> thing? Wear the hat. <laughs> What do I want what? to? Put this on. What is it? It's a boot. No, <laughs> <laughs> uh, no, uh, no. Vidal, Captain. He, uh, he's obviously pretty uh, imposing. Like when you first meet him. Yeah. But then you really see like his darkness. That that first that first time that you see him right. do something just fucking wicked. And that's what I was talking about earlier. He goes out and confronts these guys. Oh, man, I felt so bad for these guys. Because it was just a, it was a, like a farmer and his son. And yeah, they, they, they were out in the, Yeah, they captured him in the woods hunting. Mm -hmm. And uh, and the um, Vidal's guys didn't really search him that well. And they said, we're yeah. just out hunting rabbits. Like, that's all we're doing. And they, what does he find? Like a bottle of liquor or something? What yeah, did he it might even be it's water. Like, he doesn't even it, say that yeah, it's, it's alcohol, a bottle, does It's he? a bottle of something. He smells it and it's unoffensive. Right. So he corks it back up. Uh, and then he 
beats the guy to death, and then after he's dead, pulls out a rabbit. And goes, oh, I guess they were just hunting. Well, he did, he doesn't just beat him to death. Like he, he he like he takes the butt end of the bottle, and first he smacks him across the head. But once he kind of has him on his knees, he uh-huh. proceeds to like stab him in the face with the butt yeah, end of the bottle yeah, and just like progressively yeah, the, like breaks his nose and caves his mouth in and the then caves father, his nose. Oh, he just watches his father get it was his father right yeah, yeah no, the father's watching his son yeah get oh killed. is that what it was yeah, the, yeah. oh man like that's the Oof. worst like is the father the father's staring helpless as his yeah. as his son is getting his face caved in with this bottle it's like oh because he was like i think he was getting annoyed that is that he was pleading for his life so much he's yeah. like okay i'll take care of this mm-hmm. and then Ugh. no big deal just and then it turns out oh they were right yeah, yeah they were just rabbit hunters maybe oh, you'll search man. him better next time i think he says something yeah. to that effect like yes yeah, it's, it's fucked up though yeah uh as as the movie progresses though you know there's there's you find that obviously there's rebels in the woods and they're getting aid somehow mm-hmm. through somebody and uh they the cal capitain does not know who it's from but he finds a bottle of uh medicine yeah the... which which is odd to me that he puts two and two together so quickly after realizing it because back then aren't all medicine bottles similar it's not like that even, one doctor. Even now, all medicine bottles are so. Yeah, so it's not like the one doctor. Aside from the, the prescription thing that, on the side, you know? which they didn't have back then, how the hell would you really know? But I yeah. guess, I guess it would. His probably, the way he would connect the dots is that how would the rebels have access to that? Because the rebels aren't like. Oh there's yeah. There's no other outpost they could. Rummage, yeah, like have like a professional like doctor or something yeah around. so maybe uh, yeah we haven't even really gotten to the actual labyrinth yet we should probably no. <laughs> <laughs> um so ophelia and we should we should get into it too like whether there's there's kind of two different camps on whether yes. or not whether or not this whole thing is real that she's mm-hmm. uh experiencing Yes. So she's she finds this stick bug at one point in time, this gigantic stick bug, which would be scary, but she's for some reason not scared of it, and it follows her to this uh, to the mill, and then when it confronts her one night, she asks if it's a fairy, and she shows it a picture in a book, and it turns into a fairy, and and basically leads her down into this labyrinth where she meets the fawn, mm-hmm. and the fawn tells her that she's born of royal blood, and that. Uh, she has to pass three tests in order to get back to her kingdom. Yeah. And uh, it, obviously she doesn't, she thinks none of this is real because she's just a, a little girl and she's got a mother and uh-huh. she has a father who died. And so then she basically has to go on this quest to uh, to get these three different items to, to help her get into the, the kingdom in the sun or whatever. Which, uh, so... The I, underground... In the yeah, sun. her 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 father <laughs> is her strange. father is the king of the underworld, which yeah. makes him sound like the devil, kind of. But right, I know it's it's kind of a depressing title, but yeah, it's a it's a fairy tale. <laughs> but when they show it, it's like it looks pretty badass. <laughs> so should we just jump into it, whether or not we yes, thought we should just jump into it? <laughs> I don't know what. <laughs> Shut up. So uh, should we just jump into it then, or? Yeah, throughout the whole film, they they you're kind of I think as the viewer, you're constantly asking yourself, is this rooted in in reality or and and the the magical properties or aspects of the film are they just uh, figments of Ophelia's imagination because she reads a lot of books mm-hmm. and you know it's, yeah, it's, it, that's one of the first thing her mother says is like yeah. you, you why do you keep filling your head with these these thoughts like you're too old for fairy tales yeah and initially like. When, when the magical things started to kind of happen, I was thinking, like, okay, she's playing pretend. You know, it's, it taps into that sort of, that youthful um, 
part of all of our imaginations because you remember mm-hmm. as a kid like just being wrapped up into whatever TV show or comic book whatever you're into and just that being your entire existence and it feeling real you know like so that I, th- I thought that initially but then as the movies kind of kept going on I was like well I don't know it seems kind of legit I I think personally that it was real yeah I think that you have to be kind of like like pure of heart maybe to to see it and to be susceptible to it you know right um because there's a lot of things in the movie that wouldn't make sense if it wasn't real like she's locked in a room at one point in time and cannot get out yet she has that chalk how, yeah. how else does she get out right that root was given to her by by the fawn to put under her mother's bed to make her better and her mother did get better and it wasn't until the root was found mother got sick again like there was a lot of things that like wouldn't you could you could explain it away sure but i like to look at it as they all is a cause and effect you know that's if it the, wasn't the, real then it wouldn't have happened that's the thing though is you can explain a lot of it away sure you know like a a woman who a woman who's on bed rest uh, because she's having problems with with pregnancy there are there are days when she's fine there's days when she's not fine you know mm-hmm. so it's yeah and and it can and it can turn like that you know i what also I mean? think that it has a lot to do with um and we talked about this after the movie was over the other day there's a lot of really really um kind of in your face sometimes sometimes in your face sometimes not religious aspects to this movie yeah. and um when the movie was over i go wow this, this whole thing was basically catholicism it really was yeah and i actually looked it up and del toro there's a quote about it and i'm going to read this little paragraph that sure. i found because I, I found it pretty interesting um because uh, there's different there's differing ideas about the film's religious influences. Del Toro himself has said that he considers Pan's Labyrinth a truly profound, uh, profane film, a layman's riff on Catholic dogma, uh, but that his friend Alejandro Gonzalez in Rutu describes it as a truly Catholic film. Del Toro's explanation is once Catholic, always Catholic. However, he also admits that the pale man's preference for children rather than the feast in front of him is intended as a criticism of the Catholic Church. Hmm interesting yeah so then you also have the 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 pale man who it's basically he's like like the stigmata you know the hand like the Um, the eyes in his hands could be the holes in his hands whatever uh you have um basically heaven is where she ends up at the end also also the fact that the fawn comes out and tells her that uh, rather than spilling the blood of an innocent she spilled her own blood to make it to the kingdom yeah so there's there's, which is very yeah it's it's very jesus-like you know it's so there's a lot and and take take your seat at the the side of your father yeah. yeah to rule forever the right side uh, it was the left side. Oh, was it the left yeah. side? Nah, fuck. There, nah. there goes that whole... <laughs> well, it was our right side when we're looking at the... <laughs> stage left or stage yeah. right. <laughs> I think that there's, there's like... I think there's probably four different ways you could interpret it. Okay, like, I think you could you could definitely interpret it as just... It was literal as, as is. It was just rooted in reality, and this was this girl's imagination feeding into all of the things that we saw on the screen. Then there's, of course, the other perspective that... It's not. It's a real. It's a real fantasy world. These. She did speak to a fawn. The fairies existed. Then there's the the third option where, um, you know, it's it's possibly all just. Um, it, there there is no right answer. You know, it, it's up. It's there there. It's up to your interpretation. You know, really. Well, I think Del Toro even. Do you have one more to get to? Um, I forgot the fourth. Uh, the, fourth uh, the fourth is actually pretty straightforward. Del Toro even, meth. <laughs> just a bunch of drugs. Yeah. Well, Del Toro even said something like that. He said, uh, he said, as far as he's concerned, as the director, which 
you have to kind of in in this kind of case you have to set your side yourself but you set yourself apart from what the director says because it is really open to interpretation because mm-hmm. he says as the director i personally believe that what she's experiencing is real yeah and there are a too. few clues throughout the movie that you that you see that kind of let you know that the labyrinth is real but at the same time i want it to be open to i want people to experience what they experience and i want them to take away from sure. it what they so there are probably some people who think well this was all just in her head this was a, a girl who was going through an extremely stressful time in her life where her, you know her father was killed uh her mother is pregnant and very sick she married this like horrible person and now ophelia is kind of forced to be part of all of that yeah and it, it would make total sense for a child to escape into their own head you know uh-huh. and, yeah. and kind of make up this fantasy world for themselves i know and that does make a lot of sense yeah there's um there's also the uh i the the, the uh, what's her name uh Mercedes? Uh, yeah, Mercedes. She drops a line when Ophelia first meets the fawn. She's telling her, she, oh, I, I met this fawn, this and that. And, and, Merce- and Mercedes actually says, my mother always told me that fawns are not to be trusted. Yeah. And throughout the entire movie, I thought, the fawn's fucking with her. Yeah. Like, and there's even a part where you failed, but the fawn is still going to come back and give you another shot because she's trying to manipulate. Like, I thought when I first saw this movie, I always thought that it was going to turn out the fawn was bad. Mm-hmm. Always. Yeah, I thought the same thing. Um, is is what I thought. Yeah, yeah, I, th- I thought the same thing, especially like once, uh, because they get to they you get to the end of the movie and um, yeah, she's being chased by uh, the captain and right, and and her brother at this point has been born and yeah. it's just a baby and and the fawn tells her like bring your brother and meet me in the labyrinth. You know, it seems like he's got ulterior motives. And, yeah, and, and he, has a, he has a dagger in his hand. <laughs> right. <laughs> even he's, he even says like, yeah, just a pinprick, like whatever. But you don't. When you hand this giant creature your baby, can you really trust what right. he's about to do what with it? What was going to happen to that baby? Is my question. If if the baby wouldn't have been taken by El Capitan, what would have what would have happened? What was the fawn going to do besides drain the blood? What was what was what was going to happen to the child? Well, like, I, I that's that's another thing that I I question the whole time because uh, one of the one of the first couple interactions that uh, that Ophelia has with the fawn, I think it's the second time, like after she's already gotten the key from the the toad underneath mm-hmm. the the fig tree. Um, he she walks up to this statue and she, and he goes, uh, "That's me." He, and it's mm-hmm. like it's this giant statue of the fawn holding a girl, and he says, "That's me, that's you." And she goes, "Who's the baby?" And then he changes the subject. Yeah. So the whole time it's like, well, what does he want with the baby? Why won't he tell her what the baby? Well, like, why the baby's in the statue? But that being said, though, the statue doesn't make it seem bad for the baby either, though. You know, no, like, the statue not seems very pure. It but the fact fine. that he redirected the conversation kind of made it seem yeah. iffy. Yeah. I think the ending is um, can be viewed as a metaphor just for what your view is of the afterlife. You know, it, it, um, it, it's kind of, a, I guess, if you want to get deep, it's, it's it's like a it's a philosophical question because, you know, she she um, Ophelia runs through the labyrinth and then the captain um, shoots her. You know, he ends up shooting her and taking his son, her brother. Um, and then, which holy shit, shooting a kid dead? Yeah, that's yeah. pretty uh, heavy, <laughs> right? Once so, again, just like the, a spoilers. comedy actor being that dark, <laughs> right. like, it's crazy. 
So she dies, <clears throat> blood's running out of her nose, which is also a brilliant scene that the, mo- the movie starts with that scene, mm-hmm. with, with, but, but in, the blood but is in reverse, reverse yeah. which is like, oh my God. Yeah. Like, yeah. <laughs> it's right in front of your face, but also the entire movie, you're like, in the back of your mind, you're like, okay, so that has to have some relevance, right. and then it comes full circle at the end, but... So she dies, and then she goes to this kingdom, and the fawn even tells her, he's like, well, you you passed the test. You didn't hand me your brother. You protected uh-huh. an innocent, and... And now you have now you can be in the underworld with your mother and father for eternity, you know. And I guess that can be a metaphor for life, for for the afterlife, for what a lot of people believe. You know, you pass away and you go to whatever your interpretation of heaven is. Sure, sure. Which is which is what I think that was. Yeah. Well, and I, I but but to on the opposite end of the, on the opposite side of the coin, uh, her mother did die, mm-hmm. and her mother wasn't really part of any of this, you know, like mystic quest. Yet she was there. In the uh, this giant this giant sunroom or whatever, like but she was but she's revered in the same way that Mary and Joseph are revered. But it, it never you know? never in the never in the course of the story, especially in the the intro when you hear the voiceover telling the story about um, Moana. Her her name is Princess Moana, mm-hmm. Ophelia, Princess Moana. It never mentions uh, her mother being being part of. Uh, like the actual story like in the story moana uh ventures outside because she's curious and she ends up being blinded by the sun and it erases her memory she becomes mortal and she dies and then for for some reason she's reincarnated as ophelia is what you're supposed to yeah. get from it but it never mentions her mother ever being reincarnated or anything like that so sure. why would she end up in this Unless yeah. it was well, just, it was, unless it was just heaven, yeah, and that's where her father was, and that's where her mother was. Yeah. So. Well, it also said that she's part of the bloodline, though, so it could have had nothing to do with the mother, and it could have been the father. That's true. It could have been his bloodline. And her brother was in the after or the underworld too, right? Well, the mother was holding, it kind of like you never actually yeah. see the baby. She was just kind of holding like a red sash over. Well, that her wouldn't shoulder. make sense because the baby didn't die. Right, but so. if it's yeah, if it's but if it's her interpretation of what heaven is like she would be because the baby she would be reunited with her whole family but the baby in the statue then wasn't the little brother the baby in the statue was probably the baby that the mother had in the afterworld uh what right (laughs) i guess i don't know i don't know i don't know i'm just just saying (laughs) you're saying that there's another baby that doesn't fit and there's that baby in the statue. But well, what, what we're saying is if like if her idea of heaven is being reunited with her whole family, it would make sense that her little brother would be there too. True. So maybe it's not real. But That's then, true too. But then at the very end, there you get you start being more conflicted too again because Ophelia is at she gets or she's talking to the fawn, and then the captain approaches this conversation that's going on and he doesn't see the fawn Mm -hmm. and maybe that's because you can explain it away that he's not pure of heart he wouldn't Mm -hmm. he wouldn't be privy to that Mm -hmm. magical creature i guess or Or maybe it's not real (laughs) (laughs) it's like yeah maybe it's just her imagination toying with her again you know this is one of those movies you could talk about for like five hours and if we don't stop we will yeah (laughs) which i mean it's cool it's It's a testament to how i loved it i'm glad that i'm glad that i finally saw it it was amazing are there any other parts though the movie that you want to talk about before we move on though like uh um uh just a couple the Chelsea smile, the old knife in the oh, cheek, was oh, yeah. awesome. Uh, Mercedes, yep. Mercedes ends up confronting uh, 
Cap- Capitan, uh-huh. and uh, she gives him the old Chelsea smile. Yeah, dude. There and, was some pretty gnarly gore in this. And he sews himself back up. Oh, and then it, when he well, takes the this, shot of guy, liquor yeah. and it seeps out of the side, like into the bandage, I was like, that oh, That guy was man. a giant piece of shit, but what a badass to be able to sew his mouth up. Oh, yeah. <laughs> like it's like no big deal. Total power move. <laughs> got stabbed a few times, got my, yeah. half my face torn off. Yeah. I'll sew it back up. Um, <laughs> did you also notice that the captain's um, quarters, his office, uh, Everything was very mechanical looking. Looked like a watch. It looked at the inside of the watch that he carried around. Well, it was also a time. mill too, right? Yeah. So that was like the workshop of the yeah. mill, I guess, maybe. Uh, yeah. But he's always constantly working he on the watch. And, the, and where he lives is supposed to, it's supposed to, uh, Del Toro actually says this. Oh. It's supposed to represent like him basically living inside his father's watch, cold and calculated and very yeah. like much like a machine. Which right. there's, we probably could have done a whole episode on this movie. Because there's so many levers, levels of uh, symbolism as far as like, He's also obsessed with his own watch. Yeah. But it's got a cracked face, which is weird. There's got to be something there. Was like was it cuz he even mentions at one point is like uh somebody somebody said that his father died and stopped his watch right before he died so that his son would know right like the the hour that yeah. he died and then he's like that's impossible my father didn't own a watch. Yeah. And then but his also, watch has a cracked f- face. I was like, fixed, was that his father's yeah, watch? Yeah, he fixed it, though, to keep that going. Oh, so, okay. That's what I'm, that's so that was Because show, it shows him working on it. Right. Like him having to reset it and everything else. So I think he fixed it. Yeah, there's there's a lot. There's, there's, yeah, there's, there's a, a ton to unpack in this movie. I think that we could talk about it forever, yeah. but we should probably stop. Yeah. <laughs> it's a great movie. If you've never seen Pan's Labyrinth, it is... It is so worth to watch. Yeah. It's it's one of the like I said, it's in my top five of all time favorite just stories in general. It's yeah. it's 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 a masterclass in in filmmaking. It really is. Yeah, in really storytelling and filmmaking in 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 special effects makeup in in everything. There's it's not just, a weak there's not a weak point. I mean, can you really think um, of one? Yeah, uh the the um the sun's face. Oh, is it a tank? That, 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 was, a, that well, was a weak point. No, he's talking about the one that got bashed in by the bottle. <laughs> oh. Like, if he was a strong man, he would have been able to take that. Because I read some <laughs> stupid fact about how the baby was just a doll in one of the scenes. It's totally not well, a okay. baby. You can't always but, use a uh, newborn baby. Well, yeah, scene. I thought that's what you were referring to. I mean, no, yeah. no. <laughs> All right, well, that was Pan's Labyrinth. Yes. So now we're going to move on to Legend. Legends from... of the Hidden Temple. I love that show. <laughs> oh, Mac. Excellent show. Uh, Legend from the Year of Our Lord, 1985. Uh, starring, starring. You're right. It was the year of our Lord. It was the year that I was born. <laughs> Me, Me too. too. Yeah. <laughs> three. Hey. Four. All right. There are, 85. Four, there are four Jesuses in this room right Ooh. now. That was sacrilegious. <laughs> uh, this was directed by Ridley Scott. Mm-hmm. Uh, starring a very young Tom Cruise. One Tom Cruise. Fine, huh? Oh, sorry. <laughs> <laughs> uh, before we move on. Before we move on with this, we do have a second beer to crack for this. Um, So for our second brewski of the night, we got from the same brewing company, Revolution Brewing. Oh, yeah. Uh, Talking about a revolution. Uh, (laughs) This is Sun Crusher Hoppy Wheat Ale. If you've seen Legend, you'll know that uh, the darkness is... uh, Played by Tim Curry, and basically he's trying to uh, bring eternal darkness to the earth, because that's where he thrives. So Sun he Crusher, he hates the sun. He hates it, so he wants to crush it. So Sun Crusher from Revolution Brewing. I think I have a little. I think I got a little blurb about this. 
Blurb. Uh, Sun Crusher, Hoppy Wheat Ale. Blurb. <laughs> Blurb. A crushable ale to celebrate the end of winter and rejoice the coming of warm weather. Hey. This Hoppy Wheat Ale is brewed with Apollo and Amar- Amarillo hops. Do you say Amarillo or Amarillo? I don't know. I don't know. Amarillo hops with a dry hop blend of crystal, Amarillo, and mosaic, resulting in a mellow bitterness and pronounced flowery and citrus aromas. Flaked oats with a malt blend of two-row red wheat and carapils create a light golden color and a smooth, silky mouthfeel in this brew. Ooh. Nice silky mouthfeel. It reminds me of last night. Oh, did you pour it into your little... Uh... <laughs> you don't even know what I did last night. No. What'd you drink, you, what'd you, you, what'd you do? Tall glass of milk. What's up? What'd you do? You just... Oh, I shot a load in my mouth. <laughs> <laughs> I thought you were going to be more tactful and say you'd like... We're... It was a little tacky. Mm. <laughs> it's a eggnog. And it was full. Tactful. Right. <laughs> Cheers, boys. Cheers. Ooh, I like that, that. That is a silky mouthfeel. I like that. It's good. good. Mm. Very good. Mm-hmm. I taste the sun. <laughs> it burns Anybody my else? mouth. <laughs> I... I... <sighs> Yeah, that's good. Brood, okay, so, brood in Chicago. So, legend. Um, when we first started this podcast, we were talking about movies that had a profound effect on, uh, on, on you know, our lives going forward as far as movies that we liked or whatever. Mm-hmm. And one of my earliest memories, I think I talked about, and the first or second episode of this podcast was that uh, the devil in Legend stuck with me for a long time like that image of tim curry as as the darkness you mean mark summer yes mark <laughs> Summers. Um, the image of him though as the darkness uh was etched into my brain yeah i used to go over to a neighbor's house who i, don't, I was never really even friends with her i'm not even sure why i was always at her house but we <laughs> she uh, had legend on vhs <laughs> that's exactly what it was but um i remember i would go over there and uh we would watch this quite frequently actually and just the the takeaway. I wouldn't remember anything else about the movie whatsoever, but I remembered Mark Summer in <laughs> in, uh, the in Blue Barracudas. <laughs> I just, I remember. I just remember though that image and it like burned in my head. So this movie forever holds a place in my heart. As you know, even though revisiting it as an adult, it's it's decently cheesy, and it has one of the worst theme songs on the face of the earth. It's so bad. It really is. But the movie itself, though, has so many like high like redeeming qualities, in it. and 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 it holds up. I think. I think first to a certain extent, it holds up. I, I'd love to see this movie be remade yeah. by either yeah. Del Toro or Peter Jackson. Oh, I think yeah. that would be. Oh well, you just watch Lord of the Rings, I suppose, but. <laughs> it, it, I would love to see it remade though. For sure, modern, I'd though. say it, I'd say as far incredible. as like the uh, like the creatures go and stuff, I'd, I'd lean more toward Del Toro. Probably, yeah. You know? Like I that that would be amazing. I think. Uh yeah the the creatures in this movie are absolutely they're, they're so fetch it's ridiculous. <laughs> um, I, <laughs> <laughs> you asshole. <laughs> Extra fetch. Um, no, they're 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 awesome though. Like, I love yeah. it. Like, they're. Um, Back in the '80s, the '80s did rubber monsters better than anything than any other era. Of... Would you, did you say oh rubber monsters? Yeah, okay. yeah. Well, it's like the, the you have Blix who looks incredible. Yeah. You had the water monster like when they're they're going through the dungeon or whatever, and like this, this giant water monster that comes out. Oh, uh, don't just... don't glaze over her, Meg Mucklebone. She's Met... she is the best character in the awesome. entire movie. So good. It's just the 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 the, the creatures like this is why, one of the reasons why I love fantasy movies is because you can get away with anything. Mm-hmm. And any creature is fair game. It doesn't matter what it is. Right. It just automatically fits in the Yeah, story. it was like the pig man 
and the yeah. uh, the the dude with the helmet who ends up being deep. Just it, that's Deep Roy, wasn't it? Who the actor? Deep oh, I Roy. Don't know. Uh, he played uh, he played all of the Oompa Loompas in the oh, in the, oh, the really? remake of um, uh, wow. Willy Wonka. Hmm, that'd be crazy. I think that was him, wasn't it? I don't know. Maybe I gotta look it up. But uh, oh no, it was Kieran Shaw. Sorry, he looks a lot like Deep Roy. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> um, but like, I, f- I forgot where I was going with that. Oh, he looked like a character from uh, Labyrinth, actually. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Totally. There's, there's actually, Absolutely. yeah, like with the like the big uh, like the helmet with the big horns on it and stuff. Yeah. Uh, sorry, I interrupted you. Where no, were you going? No, no, no. I was done with my thought. I'm just saying, like, there, there's the, the creatures are just awesome. This movie's great because of the creatures. It's mm-hmm. it's uh, it's fantasy movie. It's like yeah. that's kind of what you expect from it. It's like playing. Would you play Magic: The Gathering if all of the cards were humans? All right. No. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> It'd be a meeting of white guys. That, that's the card game. <laughs> I, I, hit, I hit you with 26 accounting points. <laughs> um, but that's exactly that's it, though. And um, yeah, I, I, I just I, I love this movie. It, it's got a special place in my heart. Um, now that now that being said, well, we watched the theatrical version. And, Let's do a uh, synopsis too, right? Oh, or, did we? Did we, we do this? We didn't do a synopsis. Oh, we didn't do the synopsis. No, yet. we didn't. So, a young man played by Tom Cruise. A young Tom Cruise. A young Tom. Tom Cruise. Tom Cruise's very first movie, in fact. <laughs> uh, really? Is this this yep. was his first movie. Mm-hmm. It's before uh, I started powerlifting. <laughs> <laughs> a young man must stop the Lord of Darkness from both destroying daylight and marrying the woman he loves. Mm. Lily. The, the woman he loves, Lily, played by Mia Sara, and she. <clears throat> <clears throat> Oh, that's not what I was gonna say. No, what? I was gonna say. I was gonna say. She's fifteen. No. No. Yes. No. She wasn't. Yes, I watched the making of. I watched the making of before I came over. She was fifteen. But I know. I know. I know. Mia Sarah. Ferris Bueller's Day. I know Mia Sarah more from Ferris Bueller's Day Off when she played Sloane, and in that she was fine. Was she really only fifteen in this movie? Nice save. Oh my god. Why would they? Well, no, it's not a save. That is where which, I know which, her from, and I, that's... I know what you're gonna get at. I, I know, know what her you're from. Wait, hold on. <laughs> but Ferris Bueller's Day Off was made in 1986, only a year later, so she was only 16. <laughs> she is not. No, there's no way. Fuck dude. off, Mike. No. You're left. <laughs> she talks about it herself. She goes because she talks about in the making of. She talks about how she was like in love with Mike. Ridley she was Scott. Mike. She was born in 1967, which would have made her 18. Fine. <laughs> yeah. There's no I, way. No, I'm dude. telling you. In the making of, she talks about how she was like in love with Ridley Scott, and it was good that she sort of had this weird crush on him because her 15 year old brain probably did a whole lot of other stuff that she wouldn't have done nowadays. But she was born in 1967, so that doesn't add up, Mike. You're talking about release date of the movie, not when they made it. This movie was in developmental hell for like four years before it got released. No, no, yes, no. Yes, yes, no, yes. No, no. <laughs> <laughs> Whatever. Listen, she listen. was she was still hot as Sloan, so shut up. Yeah, when she was sixteen. Was, <laughs> <laughs> oh my god. Uh, it's cool. Back on track let's here. Just, anyway. Let's just move past this you weird know. moment. So yeah, so Mia Sara, uh, Tom Cruise, Tim Curry. Uh, and a whole other cast of characters. Uh, most of them are under heavy prosthetics, so you wouldn't know who they are anyway. But um, yeah, this movie. Uh, let me tell you this. Let tell me, me tell you this. Tell, tell, tell me. Tell Do me. tell. Tell us. I hate Tom Cruise in this movie. Ah, oh, dude, he's terrible. He's well. Here's awful. the problem. They they didn't develop his character whatsoever. So basically, it's like L- Lily is this princess, mm-hmm. and. 
she apparently visits the the rural areas of the the kingdom. Which because... they ne- they never specifically say that she's a princess. They do in the director's cut. Oh, really? But not not in the theatrical cut. Um, well, which... the, no, they do. They refer to her as a princess because a few times. the lady that I don't know. I don't, I don't know who the lady that <laughs> who does laundry at this hut. Uh, is because they didn't explain it. She's like, you have to start acting like a lady or what, or like yeah. a princess you are, or something like something along those lines. Yeah. Then she runs off to the the forest and um, shacks up with her. Uh, I don't know her. Like her weird her jungle lost, like lover. a weird lost boy. <laughs> <laughs> like <laughs> he like and he shows up and he has no like. There's just nothing. There's no information about him. He's just like, yeah, I'm this guy who's in the jungle and I'm wearing rags. And, <laughs> like, hey, check this out. I know where the unicorns come out. Let's go look at them. It's a dude who lives alone in the woods in a tree. Yeah, and wears uh, clothing that's torn to shreds with shorts that are way too short. way too short. Uh, and wait. even when he gets armor, his those legs are way too exposed. Yeah, why like. Whoever forged that armor, you didn't. You <laughs> it's didn't, a bad design. You didn't think that the person's legs should be protected. Also, you had to have his disgusting hairy legs out the entire time. So they don't develop his character at all. So and and it just doesn't make him that great of a, a hero. I don't know. Yeah, he he just comes off as a, a fucking wiener to me too. Like I don't know. Like whenever he's like he's talking to her about like, this world, whatever. He's so very much like this. Oh yeah, and, yeah. Oh, the unicorns. And 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 what I thought was 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 a real the kick to the dick was <laughs> she he brings her to see the unicorns, right? And then she runs off and he doesn't say anything. And he's watching her. And then she reaches out to touch the unicorns and little do they know that it actually got like blow darted, so that's right. why it freaked out. But then she comes back and now, after everything is done, is when he decides to tell her that that's completely forbidden and he shouldn't have done it. Right. After he watched her do it, right. he didn't stop her, didn't tell her not to do it. He just kept uh, saying her he, name. He did yell to her once and said, don't do that. No, Lily, no. But, but then that, that, That's doesn't. not saying, this is completely forbidden, you're going to end the world. It's a little bit different. Yeah. That's a pretty packed <laughs> statement if that's what he was yeah, trying to say. It was like, <laughs> no, you're going to scare it, or no, don't go buy it because it will bring about the end of days. Um. Yeah, and, and, and in that scene and another scene, this movie is relatively sexist. Right. It really is. Because this whole movie is predicated on the fact that, oh, of course, the stupid woman is causing the end of the world. Oh, no. And then they also talk about <laughs> hey, you how... you said it. They also talk about how there's two unicorns, and they killed the male unicorn. And when uh, when the devil is asking Blix whether or not both of them are dead, Blix's response is, "Well, the only one that's left is a is a female, and females have no power." Mm-hmm. And I was thinking, and I'm watching this, I'm like, "But to the dark, kind of sexist." To the darkness's <laughs> credit, doesn't he say something like, "Except the power to the power of birth or something like that"? Yeah, the, having, the, yeah. the power or to creation, the power of creation. Yeah. yeah so I mean, fair that's... enough. But like the overtones of the movie are just yeah. pretty much that women don't have any power, and the men have to do all the saving and everything else. Like, well, I mean, that's that's the overtones to a lot of movies, and then what happens? The women come in and they save the day. True, because she of, didn't. Because she, it, because, well, she because didn't it, in this one. Well, she did, because she pretended to be under the spell of the darkness, and then she ended up cutting... Instead of... She okay, said, She said, I want to be the one to kill the, the unicorn, the living unicorn. Fair. And then it as she seems... was going to behead it she chopped the chain instead and it let still it run seems away. a little odd to me though is all i'm saying like well, it was a couple of a couple of things that stacked up i'm like man they just they just they just keep pushing it down don't they <laughs> there are some really like there's some really good things about the movie i think for sure i mean we talked about the makeup mm-hmm. it's unreal unreal the the practical effects are just amazing 
the uh, the backdrops are like the the underworld, uh, not the underworld. Oh, the but set the, pieces are incredible. Oh my god! Oh yeah, dude. Like the, especially the where they have the uh, the gnarly like giant dudes chopping up people oh, <laughs> yeah, yeah. on the blocks. Yep. Like that yep. whole that whole set is just incredible and the, some of the, the set prison. pieces seemed like they were so massive too right oh like yeah some like of how them did you, you get some that of them you shot? could tell some of them you could tell was fake but there was like that one part when uh lily was kind of running through the underworld and yeah. she gets into that one room where there's just giant pillars everywhere i was right. like man that must have been a That's huge the set. scene so it's funny when, when i talk about my my recollection of this movie when i was a kid that scene where she's running through the giant pillars i remember in my head that the devil is actually in the pillars with her. For mm -hmm. some strange reason, I mm -hmm. placed the devil in that scene. Oh, really? But that scene, though, is the one that sticks out the most in my head, of her running through there. And I always just remember, for some reason, the devil being at the end of it. Clearly, I'm just an idiot kid. But, like, mm -hmm. um, yeah, that, that's, like, that... And it's such a small scene, too. She only runs yeah. through it once. Yeah. yeah. For some reason, that corridor, just, like... Yeah, it was weird. That's, that's, that's it, it incredible. The music... Um stuck with me like immediately when they showed the unicorn and they you hear that synth blasting it's yeah. just like immediately brought me back no the so we watched the theatrical version the theatrical version and the uh the director's cut have two different scores oh yeah the, the theatrical version was uh tangerine dream tangerine dream yep and which then, they which they scored the entire movie in like two and a half weeks or something like that huh. the original theme uh score was by jerry goldsmith now, Jerry Goldsmith is one of the greatest composers, like, like movie scorers of all time. And uh, and and I agree with uh, with Ridley Scott. His his score is superior by far. Yet, for some reason, it, they didn't want... They used it for the European release, which also got the director's cut. Mm -hmm. uh, but the U.S. cut, like, nine or ten minutes out of it of character development and stuff like that. Uh, and changed the score, and there's some other stuff that they changed. Weird. Um, it's because the U.S. audiences are dumb. <laughs> everything, everything, everything has to be cookie cutter form. Yeah. Um, but uh, but yeah. So they, the original cut of the film was 150 minutes. Wow. It got cut down to 90. So that'd be 100, awesome. 150 minutes. Yeah. So How long is the director's cut? Uh, it'd be 97. I think 97, 98. I think, there was, I think there was actually a little less than 10 minutes that were cut out. Um. So I want to I want to correct you on a couple oh, things. What? Principal photography began yep. on March 26th, 1984. Okay. Not it, it wasn't in production hell for like four years, like you said. It that they, I'm telling you, this is what they talk about in the making of on the DVD. I'm looking at I it just right watched here. it today. Principal photography began on March 26th, 1984. Well, the internet box isn't always right, James. Yes, it most certainly is. <laughs> and also, Scott's first cut of Legend ran 125 minutes. Okay, well, then he embellished it in the makeup. <laughs> I don't know why, but at first I thought you said 1894, and I'm like, damn, that's an old movie. <laughs> it looks so good it's for legendary. its um, Going back to, there, there's one part, There's so uh, we said this off the air a couple of times, just like joking around about it, but the editing in the theatrical version is awful it's really bad yeah. it's yeah. really it, it, really it's, terrible it's, yeah and uh i've never seen the director's cut all the way through so I, w I would like to see if it is a little more seamless it's is it still pretty not pretty bad? everything is probably better i uh, but in the beginning though they did chop up a lot of the character development so in mm -hmm. the very beginning if that's what you're talking about there i'm sure it's better because yeah. it probably just flows better you know, you're not cutting it abruptly to save time yeah. and all that stuff. Yeah, they but... packed so much information into, like, the first half hour of the movie. It was yeah. crazy. There's just scenes that, like, mm -hmm. that don't really make sense with the editing. Like, um, like what? Like, the part where you, um, that you were talking about where 
Tom grew, or well, what's his name? Jack gets super pissed at Lily about the unicorns, mm-hmm. and he's he's like, "What the fuck?" <laughs> he doesn't say that, but <laughs> what the fuck, Lily? <laughs> you touched the unicorns, man! I told you not to do that. So he's freaking out. Like the weather's changing. There's these radical winds coming through. I think there's maybe snow at this point. I don't know. Mm-hmm. And then. She's like, oh, Jack, don't be mad. And then she kisses him, and he's like, all right, I forgot all about that shit. And then he <laughs> rips off, she rips off her ring, throws it into the water. He instantly dives for it because he wants to marry her, and that's what her, that's what yeah. her, I don't know, what she what she said. If the person who marries me will need to get this ring, whatever. Yeah. She will so, only marry the person who finds this ring. That's, yeah. That was like, she's a princess, so she can make that claim, and it's like the law of the land basically yeah so that scene doesn't really make sense like there's no closures like he just follows his dick he's like okay i'm gonna hop into this <laughs> this uh dive into this water real quick and then you know it freezes over he can't get out there's also another bipolar moment too when um when jack finally meets um uh what's his name uh the little oh, satyr uh, gump, gump. Yeah. yes um or and, and that's a nice cameo by Anthony Green of uh, Circus Survive and uh, Seosin fame. Uh, I always think they look very similar for some reason. Or they remind me of Must one another. Must be the ears. <laughs> right. So anyway, so he meets him and he's basically like, Jack, what the fuck? You're not supposed to let, you're not supposed to bring people to, to you know, to mess with exactly a sacred animal. About. And then. And then he's like, but I love her. And he's like, all right, forget all that. He, and then he, he brings out Oh, he's like, thimble yeah, you, si- you didn't say it was about love. Right. That makes everything okay. He Let's brings out a bunch of thimble-sized <laughs> shot glasses on his fingers. And he's like, oh, yeah, I got the elderberry wine. Let's get fucked up. And it's like, what? He's <laughs> my kind of guy. This, this dude almost brought... He almost basically was responsible for the apocalypse, but you guys... It wasn't like, even was... almost. It, he was at that point. Yeah, that's true. There was no hope in sight at that time. It was time, very much but... it was like, oh, well, you love her. Well, we're all going to die. Let's drink. Yeah, let's do it. And then the dwarves... Love, you say. The dwarves were, of course, supposed to be the comic relief of the movie. Sure. Mm-hmm. But it was such... It was... To a detriment, to a level that was just absurd, you See, know. I kind of liked it. I mean, it was. I, it honestly, was... I, I thought. It, I thought it added this kind of like carefree attitude to the entire movie that I kind of liked. In in a way that the 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 dwarves in or the hobbits rather in the newest Hobbit yeah. trilogy didn't. Like, I think that I feel like they were actually more. Uh, successful in Legend than they were in The Hobbit. And they were, they were very similar characters. You know, they're mm-hmm. kind of dopey little dwarfy guys, Hobbits in this case, but like, and they're supposed to be comic relief. And in, in, in The Hobbit movies, it was way too forced. Mm-hmm. I feel like in this movie, there's only, first off, there's three of them as opposed to 7,000. Yeah, of there's them. a lot, yeah. Um, but like, even still though, I thought they were kind of funny. Like, I thought they were. I, yeah, I, I thought know. they were pretty funny. They reminded me of. Um, Smaller versions of Billy Crystal's characters in the Princess Bride, oh, yeah. a little bit, like, <laughs> yeah, for sure. And I just, I don't know, I kind of looked at they were a bit endearing to me. Like, I, but never but if them. you look at it in Princess Bride, that was a bit part, you know. Sure, sure. Like they didn't stick around for the entire movie. Well, there's the one Brown Tom who they they leave in charge of protecting the one, the final sacred animal, the unicorn, whose apparent weapon of choice is a magical skillet <laughs> that he uses to defend. This unicorn. Jay, as somebody who's not seen this movie, does just sound amazing to you? I'm going to bed. (laughs) So he's like blocking arrows or, I don't know, darts with his skillet. And then finally he takes one to the dome and he's down. Well, that that domer scene is pretty crazy. (laughs) 
it, it kills me because I don't know who this movie was targeted to. Like, what I, what <laughs> age level was this movie targeted to? Because I don't know. there's a lot of violence in this movie that's pretty kind of crazy. There's a there's a, a 15 year old who's Let's, let's be honest, her chest is practically hanging out the 18. last half of the movie. She's 18, 17 maybe. I'll give you 17. <laughs> Point is, though, like, was is this made for kids? Because there's a lot of non, there's a lot of stuff that's not really suitable for kids in this Dude, movie. The, the yeah, opening it's not scene. really a adult movie either. I'm very confused by it. One of the opening scenes, that dude's getting like hacked to pieces on a butcher block by <laughs> yeah, a Yeah, it looked giant... like something out of the new Hellraiser movie. Yeah. Yeah. And, then you have, and then you have the um, the fairy. We didn't even talk about the fairy, but oh, she looks like a hot disheveled mess. Like, she looks like a <laughs> meth addict that just woke up after a bender and she's trying to force herself on the little forest boy. Like, I, I, I don't know what's going did on. She, uh, did she look familiar to either of you? She did. I couldn't place her. Though, she man. was the uh, she was the princess with no name in uh, in Neverending Story. Oh wow! You remember you remember when Sebastian has to like call her yes. name out at the end? Same girl. Wow. No wait, really? Yeah. You ever seen that 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 meme that I showed you where uh, uh, she's looking at Sebastian and they both look down? She goes, "Mine's bigger." And Sebastian <laughs> looks up and goes, "Huh?" And then there's the kid reading the book and he's like, "Huh?" <laughs> it's really funny. Um, yeah, she's like that. That fairy character is just weird to me. Like I don't, I, I don't know what her deal is. I don't know how they did like when they did it when she was just a little light bouncing yeah. around. That looked really cool. How did they do that? Did did, she was they, a fairy. Well, no, I just mean like <laughs> how did they actually film that part? It didn't. She look... She was a fairy. It didn't look cheesy like uh you know like animated or something. No, it looked like... it looked practical. But I I wonder how they did it. It looked cool. Probably like a like a. A super bright bulb or something like that on like a just on, like on a, a fishing line something just bouncing I mean, around not fishing line, even like this really thin wire so they could move it sure. you know, around that's that's my guess it, but, it uh, looked, I have no idea it was pretty effective I thought it was cool but yeah like what, what a weird character <laughs> yeah she like, her whole character I just, I just didn't get it from the get go I'm like why does she, why is she obsessed with the forest boy like yeah <laughs> well she's a she's a forest nymph like they're like one of their nympho. <laughs> mm. <laughs> she's a she's a forest nymph and like uh forest nymphs were in in fairy tales and stuff were notorious for trying to seduce men and stuff yeah, i suppose it's true it's weird that um i have a problem with jack when he finally encounters the prince of darkness like he's the fucking prince of darkness <laughs> like he's got these giant tusks or i guess horns, horns. You know, we, we were talking head. about drinking utensils earlier and drinking out of a horn. I want to drink out of those ones. <laughs> oh, you get so fucked up. <laughs> it's like, you can fit like a thousand forties in that thing, <laughs> right? Um, like, like he he like I understand that part of probably his encounter with Jack is like kind of fucking with him. Like, I'm the devil. Like, you, you're a little forest bitch, and he's just he's just like taunting him. You know, he he like. He he jams his horns um, and then pins kind of pins Jack, you know. And the horns kind of look like shit there for a minute because they I didn't really realize that when I was a kid, but they they kind of like flex. They wobble and, a little yeah. bit when he's moving really fast. And so did and the, the unicorn's horns. Yeah, in the beginning you don't see it because he's not moving around very yeah. fast. But at the end when he's kind of fighting a little bit, yeah. you do see them wobble a bit. But I have to imagine that getting those things to stay level on his head was probably a nightmare. Oh yeah, I'm, I'm you know, because sure. they stick. They don't go up. They go out. Yeah, and those out. things are. Probably half the size of his torso. Yeah. Like they're huge. I'll let it slide. I mean, I just never noticed it before. Sure. Because it looks so incredible. I mean, he, they give him, like, giant 
prosthetic traps, which is, nope. I don't know how you make that look <laughs> somewhat realistic, but I mean, Tim Curry really, when he is yeah. the devil, looks like a jacked devil. Like he's, <laughs> it's so It's such good... Makeup and prosthetics is unreal. Oh but yeah, and I, you would never even know it was him. No, you aside can't. Aside from some of it, like you were his saying voice. earlier, his speech patterns and stuff. Because yeah. even his his voice is deeper than normal. Yeah, they give him t- gnarly teeth. He ha- he has prosthetics on his face. Yeah. I mean, he's like fangs. He's got, yeah, it's, it's weird. Yeah, it's awesome. He it looks he looks amazing. And what I love too is that even with this heavy, heavy, heavy prosthetics he has on, he still makes the the Mark Summer like faces. <laughs> Tim, Tim Curry. <laughs> he, he makes those Tim Curry faces. That, yeah. Like, he curls his lip up like he does in Rocky Horror, which is how uh, Ridley Scott found him, actually. Oh, really? They were trying to cast it, and he remembered Rocky Horror. And he goes, well, that was a pretty big leap for that actor to do there. He'd probably be great in this. Yeah. And that's that was basically his audition was Rocky Horror. There's one um, There's one part in this movie that, uh, that cracks me up so much. And I, as I was watching it yesterday, I actually rewound it a few times and, and rewatched it. It's when... Uh, so basically, Darkness, that's uh, Tim Curry's character's name, the devil, his name is Darkness. He, uh... How badass is that, too? Oh, I'm not the devil. Darkness. I'm, I'm the darkness. darkness. <laughs> he he just, he's trying to, he's trying to woo Lily. And he's just trying to convince her, like, I'm not going to force... I'm not going to force you to stay here. I'm just going to... I just, I want you to fall in love with me. So he's saying, so he's trying to act all suave. He's like, he's like just just some conversation like let's just let's just have some nice conversation he's like sit <laughs> and it's kind of this back and forth he goes sit and she looks at this like giant ugly throne next to her and she goes she gives him this look and she's like here and he's like yeah and she goes i'd rather stand and he just loses his <laughs> shit he goes sit <laughs> sit and he just, it was like a totally it was like a totally um like almost like it almost looked like it was a uh, an outtake Mm-hmm. Like he just, just like lost his mind. Well, he didn't even like he did it as a joke, but then they ended up keeping it in the movie. It's so it's so funny, like like completely out of character for the darkness. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like just losing his shit for a minute. I thought that was hilarious. It's it's you're talking about the relationship between the darkness and the princess too, and it's kind of funny in the original. Uh, they're talking about this in the making of in the original script. Uh, there was it was they went way more into that relationship mm-hmm. about how whatever and. Uh, <laughs> I guess in the original in the original script, uh, Ridley Scott said something along the lines to the writer, "You can't have the villain fuck the princess." Because <laughs> apparently that was a part of the original script. Oh wow! Seriously, <laughs> they were actually going to have that in that the was, movie. Well, it was part of the original script before it was adapted to a screenplay. Wow! So it was like the original story that would have cost like four hundred million dollars to make before they cut it down to a reasonable, you know. Well, yeah, well, sure. well, we're story. not having the devil fuck the princess. <laughs> yeah, like, it, was, it was just really funny. Like, apparently, that was a point of contention. <laughs> That's hilarious. <laughs> um, God, those 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 horns would get in the way too, wouldn't they? Like, that'd be would use the horns. I guess it. Oh, whoa, whoa. Whoa. Yeah. advantage. Man. Mess with the bull, you get the horns, baby. <laughs> that add a whole nother level of um, fucked upness to this movie. You know, to, oh, yeah. to carry with you as a child, yeah. like <laughs> to your adult yeah. ears. Like, oh, quick side note, because we didn't talk about it. The devil sends his minions out. They cut off a unicorn's horn. Boy Wonder's got to go get the unicorn horn back to save the world. Princess gets abducted. The end. 
All right. There's your synopsis. <laughs> yeah, you should have said that ten minutes ago. It just ago. dawned on me. It just <laughs> dawned on me. We never talked about did it. Did we still? We still never. Well, I did. A, sin- I did that brief synopsis. That was earlier, a real brief but, one. Yeah. yeah. Um. There was uh screw it though. If you've never seen Legend, yeah, just do yourself a favor off. and go. <laughs> yeah, go watch it and then come back and listen to this. Speaking of, speaking of unicorns, do you want to? Do you guys? I I have a third beer here. Do you guys want to try it? Uh, I mean, I'll step on it. Sure. Um, yeah. But I uh, did anybody else while you're getting that beer out? Yeah. Did anybody else find a odd correlation between this movie and another piece of pop culture royalty? Pop culture royalty. Uh, this movie, Michael Jackson, is essentially no, but close. <laughs> this movie is the. There it is. No, uh, <laughs> this, this flick is the closest thing, and Fred almost Durst. a spot-on version of the Legend of Zelda. Really? In every oh. way, shape, and form. Like mm. every Link is a forest dweller who is nothing before he gets approached by a fairy that tells him that he needs to go fight and she oh, tra- and, and she brings him to armor and a sword to go <sighs> fight Ganon who is the devil in this. Oh, they man. fall down a crack in the earth and they land in a jail cell. They have to find a key to open the jail cell. There's pig people, there's goblin people, the guy with the mask in a link to the past, there are the guards outside the castle. Like it's everything. Wow. This wow. entire I movie I haven't played enough Zelda to know all everything. that stuff, but I it's, believe you. That's crazy. It's, it's exactly. Goosebumps, which is really weird. <laughs> but did my the villain in the, the Legend universe. of Zelda have sex with, with Zelda? <laughs> yes, <laughs> kind of. In in Link to the Past, you played Link to the Past, right? Yeah. She sprayed out in a bed in front of him in the middle of the castle. She could have been say, doing some nefarious did you just stuff. Say she sprayed out on a bed. Sprayed. <laughs> sprayed. <laughs> he said sprayed though. Are you a squirter? No, I'm a sprayer. <laughs> Oh man! No, but it is though. It's it's literally the Legend of Zelda. That's a great point. Um, yeah, that's that's in wild. every in every way, shape, and form. And then, and I noticed this when I was watching. I actually looked online to see if there's anything about that. And there are there is a theory that this movie was part of uh, Miyamoto's uh, inspiration for Zelda. Oh wow! The thing oh. is this though. This movie came out in '86, I believe. '85. '85 or '86. I've seen it both, so I don't mm-hmm. know what the actual release date was. It could have been earlier here, or later there. I don't know. But um, the original Legend of Zelda, though the original, came out in '85. So it's like, was it or yeah. wasn't it? And the fact that they both came out relatively close. Oh, is it? It's a weird. Uh, it's a weird thing. It actually, weird. actually, this says release date April eighteenth, nineteen eighty six in the U S. So, so there you go. It, wow. No, because Zelda was released in eighty five though. So. That, uh, and it wasn't released in Japan until nineteen eighty seven. So, but how weird is it though? It's literally like the exact same. Thing. Jack yeah, is crazy. Link. It is, he is, and you know, for all intents and purposes, he absolutely is. Legs exposed, <laughs> saving the, the shorty shorts and everything. We yeah. didn't even, even the, the princess. No like he's going to save the princess. He's like, it's, it's. There's a dungeon. They literally dungeon. Crawl. I mean, you could yeah. say the same this, thing. You could say movie. the same thing about Mario, though. Not really. Why? I mean, you could, but it's not as on the nose, though. Yeah. It's nowhere near as on the nose. Like this is. I mean, how many? The monkeys. Everything. The devil. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um. <laughs> That's that's awesome though. I never really well, like I said, I haven't you played have the light Zelda the dark as world? much as you. Yeah, so. like it's it, that's, and that's crazy. more linked to the past, I guess. Most of this is linked to the past. Maybe yeah. linked to the past is just a take of legend. That would make maybe link to the past would have been later too. Link to the past was ninety one. Yeah, I think it was ninety one. Maybe released. that's why they call it a link to the past because it's a link to Tom Cruise films. the legend <laughs> movie, hmm? the legend of Zelda. 
Yeah. Whoa. Whoa. <laughs> uh, by the way, uh, just on Tom Cruise and how bad his character was, uh, he had just the worst unibrow that it was distracting. Yeah, it was pretty Wait, nasty. That's dude. what was distracting to you? Yeah, well, and his and the fact that you know, because now we think of Tom Cruise as this like weird robotic, like subhuman, like he doesn't <laughs> he doesn't even know how to act in the normal world anymore. Yeah, with perfect teeth, like these perfect veneers. His teeth are really bad. In this oh movie. my god, his teeth. He's but got. His, he's his, got. His, he has. He has like a double thing that like just never happens. He's, he's, he's got a teeth trifecta going. He's got buck teeth, <laughs> and he's got fangs, which is really weird, and. His whole jawline is shifted to where he doesn't have two front teeth. Oh. He has one center tooth. Yeah, he still bothers, has that. He does. He and does. It bothers the piss out of me. I you cannot would, look at him. You would think that when he was getting, getting the. You would think that after he made his millions and he was getting the new grill, they would shift his. I, I don't think that you can shift though, because even veneers get put in where the root is. Yeah, I guess that's true. I don't true. think that you can shift an entire gum. Have line. you ever hmm. seen pictures of that? The no. fact that he only has one front tooth. The divot. No, the divot dude. in your upper lip is completely like perpendicular with Whoa. his with one front tooth. Once you once you see it. You won't be able to watch a movie with him in it without without looking at it. I'm gonna look it up right now and show you. But that the the unibrow. I'm thinking like like you 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 were able to make like Tim Curry into this giant devil god and 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 make like uh, Meg Mucklebones and you couldn't afford a pair of tweezers to get rid of his (laughs) fucking unibrow. He's a forest dweller, man. You know, there's awful. no mirrors in the forest, bro. Speaking of Meg Mucklebones, that that was my like I said earlier, she was my favorite character the entire movie, and uh, I've seen a few of the scenes from the director's cut, and that's one of the scenes that's extended. And I wish like if there was one scene that they would have kept extended in the theatrical version, it would have yeah. been that scene, because there's like it's so quick in in the theatrical version. Like oh, she, oh, shit. <laughs> what are we looking at here? Here's some. Uh, here's Tom Cruise's teeth. Somebody oh. actually put a line down the center of his face. Oh wow! Oh wow! <laughs> so weird. Oh wow! You're right. It's, it's got gross. one little front one. It's, it's like bigger gross. than the rest too. Wow! It's bizarre. The Scientology gets you. <laughs> Cocktails awesome. I don't care what you guys say. Um, but uh, uh, that scene is—it's so rushed in the theatrical version. Yeah. Like she. It's really quick. It's, it's such just a like, cool character. Like he comes up, he, he she comes out and says, "Ah, foul tasting fairies," and then he says, "Oh, you don't mean to eat me?" And she goes, "That I do." And then he just chops her head off. I'm like, man, that's the whole. The, have you ever seen the extended scene? No. In the extended scene, she's kind of like scraping at his uh, at his shield, and he he tells her that she's fair, that she's beautiful, and. Uh, and and she's she's like you think me fair and he's like oh yes like your beauty is unmatched uh-huh. and and then he says here feast upon your beauty and she can see her reflection in his shield and uh, so she's distracted by she picks up the shield and she's looking at how beautiful she is in the shield mm-hmm. and then he takes out his sword and she turns to look at him and he drops this sword into the swamp and then she turns back to look at herself in the uh, in the uh, shield again. And then right as she comes over, she says, uh, she's like thanking him for flattering him. And then as she's saying, uh, now how about a little kiss before I dine? That's when he swipes his sword and cuts her head off. And it makes that whole scene so much better. Yeah. Because as far as I'm concerned, I mean, obviously the darkness is the coolest creature in the entire movie. Absolutely. But Meg Mucklebones, I think, is just awesome. Speaking of creatures, uh, did you notice the character of Blix? Uh, did that that character look familiar to you at all? Uh, yeah, it did. 
Why? Could you place it? Uh, I mean, it, it looks so like a... Here's, a... here's a picture of Blix. Are you talking about that Mortis guy? No. No? Blix is Keith Richards. Ah! <laughs> <laughs> Pretty oh my gosh, that's really Legitimately, they molded Keith Richards' face and then just put a huge nose and ears on him. No shit. Yeah. That's that. That was how they described them, uh, the character to the makeup department, and that's what they did. Wow, they sculpted man. Keith Richards' face <laughs> and then extended like the nose and the ears and stuff. That's hilarious. And when you look at it, it's all you can see is is Keith Richards. Totally. That's, <laughs> that's so cool. It's kind of like Michael Myers and uh, uh, Shatner. Shatter. It's like once yeah. you see it, you can never unsee it. Um, <laughs> that's I, awesome. I thought that was really funny. Um, one thing that I, I I need to point out too is is the very beginning of the movie. One of my favorite parts is the first time that you see the darkness. Mm -hmm. He has those green glowing eyes. Yeah, he's and a... it's such a memorable character and his, trait. And his gums are like, his gums are glowing green. A little too. bit too. Yeah, yeah. So it's a yeah, cool they... thing because you see in the dark and there's these giant green glowing eyes. I thought it was so cool. Now was that supposed to be just completely in the dark because his skin isn't red at that point? His skin um, is just black. They shot it in the dark uh, because. While they were filming, uh, Tim Curry had a weird reaction to the makeup, uh -huh. and he felt super claustrophobic, and he usually had to put like solvent on his face to get the makeup off, mm -hmm. and he ripped it off his face one day, and he tore off layers of skin, oh, wow. and so they had to reshoot a lot of stuff to match afterwards because they couldn't put makeup while his skin was healing, right. and that's why that whole beginning part is, uh, is all in shadow. It wasn't intentional, from my understanding at least. Mm -hmm. They shot it in shadow so that they could put minimal makeup on him. And they can mm, still shoot. It. Interesting. I would have thought it was in dark. It was in darkness because his power wasn't like fully unlocked. Because they were talking about um, until both unicorns are oh, because they slain. were both alive at that point. Yeah. So. so I thought maybe like once he lost the horn, like I didn't even consider that. Like I mm -hmm. mean, that makes sense probably from a logistic standpoint. Sure. But, well, I mean the fact that I mean they filmed it in a way that made sense though to the movie. So I mean, yeah, it's that. Yeah, it's so. smart. Um, well, we can probably start wrapping this up. Mm -hmm. We, uh, you want to go out by cheersing out on this, uh, last beer we have here? Sure. I, I went out, I was just shopping for beer today and I found this. It's, uh, we've talked about M43 from mm -hmm. New Orthodox before and, uh, or Old Nation, the New Orthodox India Pale Ale series and Boss Tweed. This is called Cart Horse. And I was like, well, I need to spin it into the show a little bit, but... And I, I figured, what is a, a unicorn if not a, a, cart, horse. a cart horse with a, with a dildo <laughs> on its forehead? So uh, so let's let's give this a little try. Oh, yeah. Oh, my. Oh, I was supposed to roll the can to upset the sediment first. Shit. That's okay. I screwed it I'm up. I'm sure it'll taste fine still. All right. Well, uh, it, that's pretty much it for uh, Legend, yeah. right? All yeah, right. if you've not seen it, watch it. It's fantastic. Yeah. It's, uh, it's a good date movie. Yeah. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Save the world, get the girl. You Save know. the world, get the girl. Um, it's a Midtown record, isn't it? I think so. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so if you want to find us on social media, you can find us on Instagram, SoundCloud, Facebook, and... Vero. Oh, is there another one? Horror Amino. Not Horror Amino. <laughs> Not anymore. Uh, <laughs> at, at the Buzzkill Podcast. Uh, you can find us on Twitter at the Buzzkill PC. Um, should we do a... Uh, no one does it anyway. Screw it. <laughs> what? The iTunes? Whole. Uh, yeah, iTunes. Yeah, screw iTunes. It. Give us a give yeah. us a one star rating and tell us if you think it's cool that we still helps sleep with our moms up. in the same bed. <laughs> not not like with them, just in the same bed. 
Uh, if you want to find Tank, you can find him at uh, wellhungdrummersgivinghomers.com. <laughs> <laughs> and if you want to find J-Rodge... You can find me on all social media at Ocean Recording, and also check out www.oceanrecordingstudio.com for all your fantastic audio needs. Speaking yeah, buddy. of fantastic audio needs, uh, I said we were going to end the show with a uh, with a song. Oh, that's right. right. So, so, we're gonna do that. so here's a... Uh, we're going to play... What song? What song are we going to put out? Let's do... Uh, no will, no fire. All right, we're gonna do that song. The song's called what? I would say Magnetic North, but that's just that's my life. That's my one that I like. Really? Yeah, I, you do you, bro. Well, okay. So since James likes Magnetic, go online and find it. But we're gonna listen to No Will, No Fire. Sure. There you go. <laughs> uh, let's cheers uh, one let's, last uh, time. We're gonna cheers this uh, Old Nation Cart Horse IPA. Yes. Cheers, boys. Cheers. Cheers, and uh, I hope you enjoy the song. And if you don't like it, keep your mouth shut. And if yeah. you love it, then shut up about it. Still shut up about it. Yeah, that. Tank, thanks for coming out, bud. (laughs) Thanks for having me. Love you guys. Later. Love you.